that hard process isn't a sign that we should give up initially. I mean, there is an element of burnout, right? But it's a sign of actually, this means my brain's growing. And let me try again. Let me take a break. Let me come back. What what other things I can do? And um, because I get 10 out of 10 in everything, amazing. But we want to not be getting 10 out of 10. And it's got to feel difficult. Obviously, not all the time. But our brain grows and gets stronger because it's like a muscle, just like all the other muscles in our body. I think sometimes that intuition in some people is really loud and it's it's so loud that you can't ignore it. Yeah. And sometimes it's... But it's almost like it was a deeper knowing that I'm not meant to be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't know. If I think back now, and I've actually never said this, but like... It felt a bit hollow. I was like, something's missing. I was like, it was just an easy chat. So, no, I'm excited. Well, excited. I'm glad you're here. I, there's so much yeah. I want to talk about with you. I don't, I don't even know where to start, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to use this as a very selfish, kind of self indulgent moment because um, even though we haven't spoken before, uh, there's still a lot about you that I don't know. Yeah. I guess this is a good yeah. opportunity to just dive into that. And also, the work that you're doing professionally, yeah. which I think is, is yeah. so important. I definitely want to get into that. Yeah. Um, now, let's start, let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, South Africa. Now, when I first met you, I was like, this lady's got an accent, but I can't quite, <laughs> can't quite picture it. Is it South African? Is it? So, you were born in South Africa? That's right. Born in South Africa, Pretoria, um, 1982. Um, and I found my little birth certificate the other day, or, or like a little badge the nurses put uh, over you about the time that you were born. So it was on a Friday at 10 to 5. So I was like, I don't know why I'm mentioning that, but that was it. Um, yeah, so my mum's Afrikaans. My dad's Portuguese. Uh, my mother tongue's Afrikaans. So I actually speak Afrikaans. It feels really weird speaking to my mum in English. It's just, really? it's, oh, it's so weird. And even my sister who lives in Wimbledon, very weird speaking to her in English. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we'd speak English to my dad. So grew up there all my life, stayed in the same house for, well, until I left to come here, which was probably about when I was about 23. Okay. So, so yeah, it was, it was good. Do you speak in Portuguese? I don't. And I desperately want to learn. And I'm always telling my dad, I wish, I wish he taught us when we were younger. It's a hard language. It is hard. Um, but I think the challenge there was because English was his second language. It was my mum's second language. Um... It was just, I think it was just another one to throw into the mix. So um, so I can speak Afrikaans and I can speak English. But um, And I, every time I go back to Portugal, I come back thinking, I need to learn Portuguese. I'm going to get myself a Portuguese tutor. It's now another 12 months and we still haven't got a Portuguese tutor. <laughs> But it's something I really, really want to want to learn. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. What's what's the small, know, what's the smallest step I you can know. take? Towards... I'm going to be doing that. No, and fair enough. I did go as far as to start researching some, and then oh, then just Duolingo. Things... You use Duolingo. I have not used that yet. Duolingo. So it's an app. Is that the app? That... Yeah. Okay. I, it, when I used it, it was free. Okay. And. I couldn't. I was so amazed. Was I, it good? I, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it, every day it gives you a little, like a, a very short lesson that you have to do. And, you, and it's like you know, it's like any app. It tells you. It celebrates okay. you as you go along. Well done. You've done this, and you've learned this. And, okay. Um, it's fascinating. It's really, really. Actually, I should, I should look, look into that again. Right. I, remember, I remember using it a while ago, and I think I was trying to learn Spanish. Yeah. 
It's really good. So here's the thing. I will do that. I will download it today. <laughs> there you go. And I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. I've got six weeks before I go back. We can do a little bit of learning in not, six weeks' time. Not even five minutes in and I'll start coaching you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. I will. I definitely will because it is something that's really important to me. And I think, you know, when we've chatted before, I'd love to move move to Lisbon. And, um, yeah, I just, I just – it's – Again, we talk about following those breadcrumbs and this is a breadcrumb in a different way. And I'm like, I need, like, it just, it's not going away. So I'm going to embrace that part of myself. Um, and we, we can do a few minutes a day. We can do that. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> so what was, so I want to, I want to get into how you kind of arrived at what you're doing, what you're doing now. So when you were in South Africa, what was kind of your upbringing, like your childhood, like school, all of those things? What was, what was your yeah, life like? I think uh, definitely, I mean, I'm very lucky to say that, you know, I grew up with, you know, mum and dad both loved me, privileged in, in many, many ways. Um, but I think also really sheltered to an extent in terms of, well, I suppose maybe just if I see how kids are in London, so much more aware versus what I was like, but, but, you know, it was a happy childhood, definitely. And, um, but one of the things is my dad would, we'd we'd often come and visit family that we had in Portugal, my granny, my grandpa. So I, from a young age, not that we went every year, but I got that buzz of, oh, there's a bigger world out there than my immediate community. Um, and I think, oh, it was, I think initially once, you know, if I'm thinking about going back to high school now, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, so just bring me back when I need <laughs> to come okay. back. But I think obviously when you start to get to those years in terms of what are you going to do after school and, you know, but you need a career, you need to be safe. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I absolutely loved art. So I, um, in high school, I took an art subject and then my dad said, oh, you've got to take computer science, which I was absolutely terrible at and I failed it miserably. Um, and I then quit computer science and then there was another art subject that came out and I did that. So I basically had two, two art subjects that I was doing and I loved art, but, um, and that was something I wanted to pursue, but I think very traditionally, it's not a safe mm. career. And so I remember thinking, oh, but what do I want to do? I don't know what I want to do. I'm 18, 17, 18, because the education system there, you you basically everybody nearly goes through until you're 18 to do your A-levels or matric, as they call it there. Um, so my mum sent me to an educational psychologist and I did a bunch of tests, like EQ, IQ, aptitude, and then that generates career options. Um, so nursing was one and I thought that's never going to work because I can't stand blood. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's just not going to work. Um, and one of the other things that came up on there, I can't remember anything else, but teaching was one. And I still thought, I was like, oh, okay, well, I could work with little kids and I could do my art with the kids. That would be a lot of fun. Um, fast forward to when I'm a teacher, I absolutely hate teaching art to children because <laughs> it's so messy. And I'm like, oh, this is not fun at all. Um, but yeah, so I think, and I absolutely, I, I did, I was always fascinated in human behavior. I even think towards the end of high school, my mom had bought me this book around, I don't know, understanding the brain, people's behavior, something like that. And I, and I love that. So actually, I wanted to study psychology, but that was also, well, you're going to be studying forever and ever. And then it's also like, how do you get a job? And so my dad was quite you know, coming from from the best of intentions, yeah. we want something safe. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do teaching. Um, 
I didn't love it. I think at uni, I remember feeling, is this it? This is not, this is not what I want to do. But I persisted. Um, and I remember when I did my first teaching practice, that was, I was like, okay, we can maybe make this work. But um, I decided then to do psychology as an extra. So I did a psychology degree in the evenings and I did my teaching in the day. Um, and I loved that. Absolutely loved that. And then I carried on for, to do my honours. Um, and then I thought, okay, and this was my teaching degree was finished, my honours degree was finished. I'm like, I need to go get a job. And at that point, it was quite the craze for a lot of South Africans to come over to the UK to teach for two years and then to go back. And funny, I was actually looking at a nannying position in America at the same time. But somehow, I can't remember quite what happened, ended up that I decided, oh, let me go join my friend who's teaching in the UK. I'll go stay with her and find my way from there and then come back and do my master's in educational psychology. Um, so bear in mind also, I've been living at home all the time. I've never moved right. out through uni. So living by myself in a strange country was a big shock to the system. Um, I remember phoning my mum once in Tesco saying, how do I use fabric conditioner? How does this work? <laughs> like in tears. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. What do all these things mean? Um, yeah. And I think... Yeah, teaching here was interesting, but I don't know. If I think back now, and I've actually never said this, but like it felt a bit hollow. I was like, something's missing. Is this it? That same thing. Is this it? This is not what I'm meant to be doing. And I remember feeling just really frustrated, really alone, very... And almost just not satisfied. Like there must be something more, but maybe there's not something more. Maybe this is just it. And um, I remember thinking like for a long time, I was trying out different teaching roles. I do small group teaching, worked in pupil referral units as well. But again, I was like, I felt lost. Maybe lost is the word. That's if I think about it now. And, um, you know, moving on from there, one of the other things I was really interested in that I kind of fell into was fitness. So, I mean, at school, I hated sports, hated fitness, hated running. You would not get me to do anything. I absolutely hated it. Um, but I think coming here and a friend of mine got me to join a gym with her and it was really fun. And it was like, oh, this can be quite exciting and fun. And um, I remember being really inspired by a um, fitness instructor and her spinning class and like the music was going and, you know, people were like cheering and that whole goosebumpy feeling that you get. And I was like, oh, I'd love to do this. But I remember still thinking on that bike, it was a Thursday evening. I was like, I can't do that. I, I you know, I'm, I can work with little kids. I can't work with adults. That's sort of what the story was, because I think when you work with five and six year olds, you you become really good at breaking things down. But how we talk to children is sometimes very different to how we communicate with adults. Well, maybe, maybe not all the time. Sure. Um, and so I struggled a lot with that. But it, it, that that was a little bit of like, oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. And so then I got into fitness and I first did a qualification in terms of teaching exercise classes to kids. Um, and then I did exercise to music and that's sort of where I found a mini passion and I absolutely loved it. So I taught spinning, I taught fight club, body pump, fitness circuit, UFC fit. Um, but I also, I think one of the things that I found then, I was still teaching full time because this was something I could do part time. Okay. Um, and I didn't see that being a full time career 
teaching classes because I also kind of came into it, I don't know, my early 30s. And I do feel like stamina wise, that's something that, you know, my kind of colleagues in that industry were a lot younger than me. Um, And I was like, well, where do I see this going? I can't see myself doing this all the time. And that's actually when I was starting to look at personal training. I was like, well, to become a personal trainer. Um, And around that time, the school that I was with sent me on a coaching course, purely by fluke, saying, oh, there's this coaching thing that's on. We know you like your fitness coaching. I'm going to send you over the stuff. Have a look at it. And if you want it, you can go on it. So it was actually a taster to life coaching. I was like, who read this? Because clearly, like, two things are very different. But it was really fascinating. And that's when life coaching kind of made it on the scenes. And um, so I went to the, the the free week. It was over the weekend. So I did that and I loved it. And I was like, this kind of ticks a lot of the boxes in terms of the psych- kind of the psychology side, human behavior side. But we're moving forward. You know, it's not going as deep. Um, and so then I decided to get my qualification in becoming a performance coach Um And then for a long time, I think I kind of coasted because I'm still teaching throughout all of this. And I'm still thinking, how do I make this into a business? Who am I to run my own business? Like that felt so overwhelming and incredibly scary. Um, And back then, a lot of people said to me, oh, but you could bring coaching to kids. And I was like, no, 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 I want to leave education. I want to leave. I'm done. I want to leave. So for a period of time, I was trying to... I had some coaching clients, women confidence coaching, helping them make career decision, like career changes. But yeah, for some reason, it just and it's so weird. Now that I look back, I'm like that voice was telling you this isn't it. But I wanted to ignore that. And I remember still where we lived in London. I was walking home, and deep inside, that voice is like, Natalie, this isn't it. And I'm like, no, 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 but it's it. This is it. This is it. This is it. I just have to pursue. I just have to pursue. Um, and. By chance, so that went on for a good, I'd say about six months. And the position that I then had at the school at that point in time were, was um, a cover teacher. So it was a lovely school um, in London. But I was, you know, I moved from being the year one teacher. Now I was kind of covering all the classes. So admin wise, that freed up a lot of time for me because the head teacher was lovely. She knew I was on, like, I wanted to make a change. And so she kind of gave me that year. And, um, by chance, I was looking after a group of year sixes that were really stressed about their exams. And I just come off a stress coaching day just as a CPD day. And I'm like, oh, well, I can tell you what happens in your brain and I can tell you what to do. And I purely on the cuff there just pulled things out. And these kids were so engaged with what I was sharing. And I mean, I got goosebumps and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, like, why are we not actually teaching kids about this? And that was when I guess the seed started to be planted for for power thoughts. Um, and it's so funny. So I literally, the next week I delivered another lesson. I was like, scrap what's in the curriculum. I'm just going to teach my own stuff here. Um, and I remember a mum contacted me or she bumped into me as I was walking home. And she's like, whatever you've done with Harvey, please carry on doing it because he's coming out of his shell. And then a mother mum said the same thing to me about her daughter. And I just thought, 
hold on, maybe I am onto something here. Is there a way that I could bring my coaching skills? Because at that point, I was also looking at, oh, do I become a mindfulness teacher? And I was looking at mindfulness training. But I wanted to go a bit deeper. And I thought, is there a way that I could bring my coaching strategies and skills and tools and teach it to children? So it's not pure coaching in that sense, but can I teach this to children? And so I literally just started playing around and putting lesson ideas together and went to the deputy head and I told her what I'd planned. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You've just got to cover the class if you want to do that. You know, try out your different lessons. Um, yeah, and that's when it that's when it started. So I think I was about 33 then. So a good, a good chunk of time from when I first came to the UK, which was about 10 years later. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's such a... Such a, I love the story because what you started off doing mm. is so very different to, to what you're doing now. And I think you mentioned following those breadcrumbs and that's kind yeah. of part of the journey, isn't it? And then sometimes we're doing things we don't kind of see. We kind of, it's mm. like, what's the point? It's like, yeah. why am I doing this? Yeah. You said something which really resonated with me in that when you were, I think it was when you were teaching and you were coming home and thinking, this is not, yeah. this, is, this isn't it. It's yeah. like, why, why isn't this it? Um, um what you said something was missing. What was missing? Good question. I think I don't know. I don't know. How do I describe this? I just felt lost, I think, and okay. empty. I think that is, if I look back now, that was the way. And it's not this idea of, you know, you can look on social media and like, oh, find your passion, find this. But it's almost like it was a deeper knowing that. I'm not meant to be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, but I remember also feeling really frustrated because I'm like, well, if it's not this, then what is it? Because I'm not happy. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. Surely you can't go to a job and be so miserable. Like, what's the point? Like, surely there's... And I remember, I mean, you know, my mom's best of intention. She's like, yeah, but there are lots of people that go to work that don't like their jobs. And I'm like... I don't want to be one of them. And I appreciate, I appreciate that, you know, we, and I, and I don't think it's this thing of everybody's got a passion that you've got to find this passion. I mean, there have been times that I've wanted to break up with power thoughts. Let me tell you that now we can get into later on. But I do feel like it was just a deeper, I can just call it a deeper inner knowing that this is not my path. I'm meant to be doing something else. Intuition. Yeah, it's, 100%. It's it's intuition. And I think, mm. I don't know, I'm, I'm saying this, I think this is my personal opinion, but I think sometimes that intuition in some people is really loud and it's it's, it's yeah. so loud that you can't ignore it. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it, we ignore it and we say, oh, that that's nonsense. Mm. You know, like you say, oh, like, like your mother, mama said, yeah. everyone, yeah. everyone doesn't, everyone doesn't like their job. Yeah. Like, there's so many people that go to yeah. work not happy. I mean, you just go on the tube mm. in London in the morning and you look at people's faces. Mm. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> most of those people are not, yeah. not enjoying themselves. So I think to listen to that intuition and to pay attention to it, it takes, it takes a skill and it, and it can take, I don't know how long it took you. How long did it take you before? Well, that's what I was saying. Cause I was just thinking now in terms of how roughly how old I was, I think, it took a good few years, maybe about, I even want to say, well, okay, if we look at when I came to the UK, which is about 23, 24, I can't even go back that far, but, well, then until about nine, 10 years. Right, 
And initially, I think I think learning to listen to your intuition does take some people. Some people it is really loud. But I think if you're not accustomed to it, and I mean, the work that we do, it's very much a part of, of what I do now. But I think for somebody, maybe that might be listening, well, how do I listen to it? I think it is a skill and it is also about learning to kind of trust that little voice. Because for a long time, I also didn't trust that voice. I was like, no, 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 no. But this is a, like, don't tell me to go make my own thing. Like, who does that? I can't make my own thing. That's for somebody else to do. I can't go and create my own program. Like, that's not me. Yeah. But the little voice didn't stop it didn't stop it didn't stop and I think it does it takes courage and guts but it also takes a bit of skill to tap in and recognize what that is yeah no I I totally agree and I, I think when I was going through that I it was almost like I I thought at first that's the lazy side of me yeah it's the lazy part of me saying I don't want to go to work yes right because that's how I felt yeah I didn't want to go to work yeah and it wasn't because I didn't want to work because I've worked I've had a job since I was 10 years old Mm, Um, yeah but it was the fact that I didn't enjoy the work it wasn't fulfilling I had that hole in my stomach just like you explained yeah and and it took me a decade Mm, the same amount of time to actually Hold on a minute. Yeah. This is this is this is getting too much. And for me, it had a knock on effect on my mental health. And I think that was oh. that was the the, the aha mm. moment for me. It was like, right, this like you said, mm. I ca- this cannot be life, right? Yeah. People cannot be waking up in the morning and going to work and hating every single yeah. moment. And and I thought, well, and again, I was told by people around me, that's life. Yes. Life is hard, tough. Mm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work it, you gotta just push through it. And I was just like that intuition was like no why why would you do that to yourself yeah and i think that that took a long a long mm. long time mm. um and it sounds like you, you went through a little bit of that oh I'm, I'm keen to know during these stages did you have this you kind of alluded to this already did you feel like there was there was imposter syndrome there oh totally <laughs> all the time still still, still. <laughs> she's still there she's still there she's still she's still doing her thing um and I, yeah, definitely. Who am I yeah. to do this? So, I mean, what I'm about to say now, and I'm very mindful because I, but the thought, I'll just come out and say it. The thought that I had initially is who am I to do this? I'm just a primary school teacher. Now, what I mean by that is being, by the way, being a primary school teacher, I think or teach is, is a really hard, hard job. But what I mean by that is in my mind, I had built it down to, but I just work with little kids all day and I I talk to little kids and little kids' voices and I break things down really simply. Who am I to get really complicated with business and tax and talk to head teachers? I mean, I had like a, a bit of a panic attack the first time I had a composer email to a head teacher about, I was like literally sat there for two hours. Wow. What do I say? And so I think that imposter has always been there. Um yeah, it's 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 it, it's something I've really had to like work through, and I think initially I didn't think I was capable of doing that, like running, doing my own thing, um, because I also would often think I'm well, I'm not a leader. I, I've naturally my personality style. I'm not naturally the one like if there's a group exercise, somebody else can take the lead. I will gladly follow along. I'm not the one that has to take the lead. You know, you've got some people that are like right, da da da. That's not me. Um, and so I'd also have the story, well, I'm not a leader, I can't lead, um, which is interesting because one of the mentors that I really looked up to, and, and I did this personality profiling 
um, assessment through them once. And I appreciate like it's just a snapshot. But she said to me how my points were pointed on the graph showed that actually if I need to step into that leadership role, I will easily do so. It's not my natural style or tendency, but I can do so if I need to. Um, and that was really interesting because then she actually, for the first time I put on my saying, when you're a teacher, you're leading. You're leading a group of 30 kids, which is a very, very hard job to do. And they all got different abilities and they all have different. That's not the easiest job to do. Um, but yeah, initially that story on my mind was I'm really good at breaking things down. But that's where it stops. I can't communicate with grown-ups. I can communicate with kids. That was basically it. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating that the things that we say to ourselves mm. in, in those moments and um, how we can we can believe we can start to believe that narrative. Oh, we can yeah. absolutely start to believe it. You know, there's so many times I was like, "Well, this is not for me. This is not you know, this is not what I'm doing." It's like, "Well, what are you going to do then? What what else?" Well, you like like you said, you can't. You're not the kind of person to go out there and start your own business. Well, who, who are you to do that? You know, it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe you're right. And and part of me was also, I felt like walking away from a career that for me at the time and what I was doing was very well paid. Mm. It was very well. Um, it was secure in the way that you know, there's. All, there was always lots of jobs every time I, yeah. you know, I didn't move around that much but I knew there was always, always yeah. work and I was like well why are you being so ungrateful mm, yes. come on you've got a job yeah, which so many on. people don't have yeah. you know you've got a job where you get to wear a suit every day you get to travel into London yeah. and I love that whole we've talked about this yeah. whole life, lifestyle of London and the glitz and the glam and I was like you get to do that every day yeah. and you're complaining yeah and that also was a big big part of me to think well yeah I should just 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 suck it up and get on with it yeah yeah and I think that for me was a dangerous a dangerous path to go down because it just when you we know this right you continue down a path of unfulfillment it's gonna it's gonna lead to to more unfulfillment yeah and I do think the gratitude aspect definitely um because not you know what a fortunate position to be in to be in the country that we're in and the opportunities that I was given and the amazing school that I was working it was a lovely, lovely. I mean, you hear a lot of things about inner city London schools, but this was such a lovely, like little haven. Um, and I was like, just be grateful, just be grateful, just be grateful. But that unfulfilled feeling, feeling just so unfulfilled, it just, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go away. Yeah. It didn't go away. I think what helped me through that was at some stage, and again, it took me a decade or so. Yeah. But I, you know, <laughs> maybe that's like the thing. Right? Yeah, maybe maybe that is. You know, I think some people discover it much later. Yeah. Some people go through it. I mean, but for me, it was it, it was recognizing that um, that where I'd got to, you know, it was a stage where it was a decade later I'd mm. risen up the ranks through the hierarchy of management. You know, through the different salary bands as well, mm. and. When I was thinking, well, this is, you know, I can't do anything mm. else. I kind of had to stop and think, hold on a minute. I didn't get here by accident, yeah. right? I didn't get here having this senior position, you know, having people thinking I'm worth X amount of money, yeah. paying me that money because of because of fluke, right? That was yeah. down to my hard work. Yeah. That was me deciding not to go to university, deciding that I'm going to pursue a career 
putting putting in the hours, you know, waking up at five in the morning, getting to the gym for six, getting to work for seven, leaving work at eight in the evening. You know, that was me. That was my hard work. And I thought, well, if I can do that with with this, then surely I can do that with, mm. with something else. And and that gave me a little bit of a ray of hope. I was like, well, actually, yeah, maybe I can I can do this. Yeah. Um, but what it was, I didn't know, right? And yeah. it, that's the problem. You, yeah. you start, what, what, what am I going to do? I haven't got any skills. And we start to give ourselves that narrative. Mm. But again, just looking at your background, you know, the, there was the, the te- looking at what you're doing now, coaching. I mean, yeah. it's a combination of teaching, yeah. it's communication, it's coaching, you know, yeah. so your fitness career. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, you said you're not a leader. Uh. <laughs> what are you doing when you're teaching a class? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're leading, yeah. and you know it is so funny because that is that the, the thing. You know, I do. I think it's Steve Jobs' quote, which I'm not going to say perfectly right now. But like, it doesn't make sense. You know, the dots going forward don't make sense, but when you look back, they do. And if I think of the the time I'd spent doing the fitness career stuff and teaching classes. I mean, I was petrified of speaking in front of adults. Like I can do the five and six year olds. Easy. No problem. Four year olds, three is fine. But adults, that stressed the bejesus out of me. I was like, I can't do that. Um, but again, that little voice was like, you really want to do this? You really want to do this? Um, oh, and I mean, I still remember my first few classes that I taught and I covered for a friend of mine at some um, posh gym in London and because it wasn't him like half the class walked out before they even gave me a chance and that was like my first or second class that I covered I was like oh my gosh I think I'm bad before I've even started um and I think yeah but that, that, those skills in terms of teaching a class and getting the energy up in the class and being up front that's so I can see in the work that I do today in terms of the workshops that I do and the speaking events. And I love that. I absolutely love it now. And I was like, oh, you know, that of 10 years ago, would be like, what the fudge has got on here? Um, so that to me is like, OK, well, that's why I had to do that. That was my journey in terms of giving me the confidence. And that was also a big confidence building exercise. You spoke there about your realization of, well, you didn't just get to this level where people, value, like you had to do some things like clearly people see stuff in you and you've got skills that you can contribute. And I think for me, a big confidence building factor was that being able to be petrified of speaking in front of groups of people to then being able to lead classes. And they were really popular. They were packed out. They were, you know, people would say, oh, when are you doing it again? When are you doing it again? So they were good. And I think that showed me, I was like, okay, well, if I can do that, mm. then I can do this. Um, I've not thought about that for a long time. So thank you for that. I needed that right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It, 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 yeah. it is. And I'm interested to know, when you were doing the fitness coaching, teaching, mm-hmm. what was the feeling like inside? I mean, you mentioned oh, that you were... it was amazing. F- <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Like goosebumps. Like it just... Obviously not every time, obviously not every time. But I think when you had the crowd and the group that just feeds off that energy, oh, I don't know, it's it's goosebumps. I hear you. You know? <laughs> I, I can even think about it now. And I think, and I do get that now as well, In a, you know, definitely with more group workshops. I think there's something about the energy of about a group of people and we know, you know, like the science behind that. But even sometimes just one-to-one with kids if something they've said or something's happened, Um and I guess that was like, this is the feeling. Um, but then also being mindful that that feeling is not going to be there all the time. 
you know, because it does start to wear off a little bit after you've done it. And I remember having that same feeling when I first started delivering power thoughts in classes at schools, the same feeling. Um, but yeah, it's, that was oh, brilliant. Yeah, I, so for me, First of all, yes, indoor cycling is my jam mm. as well. We've spoken about this. It's, it's yeah, we should do a class. We together. need to. We need to do. We should go to cycle. Actually, <laughs> we, we should. Yeah, we should do that. Let's yeah. do that first. Well, I was saying teach a class. Look at us. Let's just go to a Let's class. Just go to a class. <laughs> but that was that was my jam, and and the feeling I got first of all after just taking part in a class when yeah. before I was before I was teaching and coaching, that's what made me think. Hold on a minute. That guy has just finished his his work. He's just finished work, right? So he, yeah. the, 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 the the GX instructor, and he's buzzing. Mm, yes, and I'm buzzing. I want to do that. Mm. I, I want to be able to make other people feel yes the way I feel right yeah, now. That's exactly it. And I want to feel like he probably feels right <laughs> now as well. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm, I don't get that in my job. And and to me, that was a big big aha moment. And and, and it, it was just like, well, just do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't even, yeah, there was the self doubt. like, no, don't be silly. Like you, I went into it late. I think I was 29 yeah. at the time when I was thinking about becoming a PT. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. approaching 30, everyone's younger than you. And I remember asking the guy who ran the, the, the studio and they were offering a, uh, a group instructor mm. course, you know, one of those exercise mm. music type things and I said oh, you know I'm 29 and he's like don't be silly you know yeah. and he was like a 22 year old and he's like nah you're you know you've, I've seen you come here you're, you're fit he goes your age is just a number I was like yeah you're right and he really helped me really motivated me but um that was it wasn't it it was just wanting to have that feeling of mm. again it's hard to describe isn't it? of course we know what it is it's endorphin yeah. it's dopamine it's yeah. all these things but it was just like surely I didn't have any of that, right? Yeah. Uh, every day went by. And the only time I got a little bit of that feeling was when it was bonus time. Mm, yeah. Right? And yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a, a bonus. And, yeah. and then it was only because then I can go and spend that on something. Yeah. So it is just, yeah, I, I understand it. Mm. I think following that is a different, is a different ball game, right? So everyone's like, oh yeah, that feels good. It's just, but then actually making that step, to mm. actually this is what I'm going to do mm. that that's another that's another part of that journey yeah. so I want to talk about that so for you what was the, when was the point where you thought I mean you kind of mentioned it earlier that mm. I'm going to do this this is what I'm going to do power thoughts or power thoughts yeah power thoughts um oh, so I let me just think sorry let me just um okay so yeah I remember teaching those kids off the cuff and that then started to develop into a bit of a pro I was trying out things, not thinking I'm doing a program yet. Right. But I think as the term went on, um, I was like, oh, could I do this into a program? And that's roughly when I contacted um, a friend of mine, Lucy Sheridan, who you should definitely get onto this podcast. She... Um, does a lot of stuff around comparison, but at that point she was also doing a lot of stuff around brand mentorship. And I'd been following her for years and I was like, I need someone to help me put this into an idea. So I think it was roughly 2016 or 2015 that I reached out to her and we'd started working together. I'm like, I think I have this idea where I want to put power thoughts together for kids. And so I worked with her for a good year. I think 2016 was when I then decided to go part-time at school. Um, 
not having anything to go to. Oh, but I was tutoring and I was also teaching fitness classes. So I felt like there's some flexibility, but I need to free up some time so I can actually dedicate it to my business in terms of how do I reach out to people? And my, my initial plan was actually to go into schools because I'd right. come up with the lessons. I'd come up with a program. I knew it worked because I've been trialing it at my school. Um, and yes, I went down from four days, I think from five days to, to three days. I think I took down two days. Um, so that was 2016. I want to say it was 2016. Um, but it was really scary. And I remember speaking to the secretaries. And I mean, okay, teaching, we know, is not the highest paid position. Um, it should be. Oh, it should be. Oh, 100%. 100% should be. Um, but I remember going to secretaries being like, okay, well, if I go down to four days, what's the pay? If I go down to like, Ugh. And I remember speaking to my husband. But I also had a, I had built up quite a good casebook of, of um, after school tuition. Right. So my days were crazy because I would literally get up at five. I'd go to gym, not not every day, but out of two days out of those, I'd be at gym. I'd cover a class from seven to eight. I'd finish the class five minutes before so I can jump into the shower so that I could get to school, teach at school. And then I'd have my after school tuition kids that I had um, about two or three in the evening, depending on how many there were. Um, and so I felt, yeah, I felt like I need, because obviously like you're building up that safety. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do with this, but at least I know the commitments of school aren't on my back. This is off on my back. So if I need to drop a class, if I need to, you know, remove a class, well, you know, not work with a client anymore, you know, teacher and client, that's going to be easier to do than a head teacher on my back and where are the results, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, it was, but it was really scary. I yeah. think that, that. Um, is this going to work? Where's where's the work going to come from? But then it so happens because I do feel like we are always supported in one way or the, like the opportunities are there, but we do need to also make those opportunities happen. You know, um, one of my uh, my head teacher put me in touch with another head teacher, and she asked me to come and deliver a, a workshop for the head teachers of the borough wow. around stress management, and I was like. Oh, Okay, well, let's do that. That was really scary. But it, it worked really well. And from that, we then, she was a connection that got me into her school. So I started working with the kids. Um, and my deputy head teacher had left in the meantime, and she op she took on headship at a school in Uxbridge. So basically, my first teaching power thoughts position where I'd go in once a week was with her for a good three years. Mm -hmm. Um and she was the one that actually got me into the coaching, PE coaching, as so to say. Right. So that was roughly about then. But it was still, so I'd go to school, deliver power thoughts. But then I'm back at my school doing my, you know, nine to five and still tutoring. Um, and I think 2017, I then decided, I was still at school three days. I decided, let me go down to two days. And then I left at the end of that academic year. Um, and that still felt quite scary because I think... It's not that you've got, you know, I had some additional work come in, yeah, sure. but it was still very much a juggle of doing some cover classes, doing some tuition and then doing power thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was quite scary. <laughs> I'm glad you did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, I think <laughs> it's, it, it's again, it's one of those things where we don't quite know what 
I wonder if it felt like this for you. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But for me, it was almost like the fitness thing for me was, I know, like you like you said, I said, I know this isn't what I'm going to be doing forever. Yeah. I know the fitness is, I'm not going to be a, a PT at 60. Mm. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure there are people who are doing that. Um, but I just felt it wasn't me. But that intuition mm. was telling me that's the direction to go. Mm. Just, mm. just, Take that road. Yeah. See where it ends up. Yeah. Right. And I think if we go back to advice that was probably given 20, 30 years ago, mm. that's crazy talk. Right. Mm. It's like, why? Come on. Like, you need to know. You need to uh, know. Yes. Oh. What are you going to do this? Oh. Well, so when I ask that question, what are you going to be doing in five years' time? So I have no idea. Oh, I don't like that <laughs> I question. Know. I really don't like that don't question. Know. It puts a bit of panic attack. I know roughly. <laughs> I, I can give you a vision of where I want yeah. to be and what I want to be doing. Yeah. But exactly, like, you know, it's, so for me, I knew it was the right direction. And that was kind of when I accepted that, do you know what? It's okay not to mm. have this structured path yeah. in front of you. Yeah. And, I, and I think part of that is life, right? Mm. We go through life, mm. go to school, you go to yeah primary school, you go to high school, you go yeah. to college, you go to university. It's like there's this structure in life, yeah, and then you get a job and then you get going to management like there's everywhere we look, there's a structure, yeah, and we almost I feel like we are tricked or trapped into thinking that that's the only way I know, and that's oh, that's the thing, and I think. Who says it's got to be this way? And I think that question of, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? That stresses me out because I also think like five years ago, I did not see myself doing what I'm doing today. Right. Like, and then and thinking, okay, Power Thoughts has kind of been in business now for five years. So, but the vision I had for it is so different to what I'm doing today. Um, and like you, I've got an idea of obviously where I'd like to be and those sort of benchmarks that I have. But it, it your intuition just has a different, and I, you know, it goes back to those, and that's actually what Lucy always said to me. She's like, follow the breadcrumbs, yes. follow the breadcrumbs. Like, what's that next thing? What's that? And just, you just go for that. Um, but yeah, it is, I think it is for me as well, like safe, like, I mean, and security, you know, some people can quit their job and that not having that safety net is what is like the fuel. For me, that's like panic, <laughs> panic. I'm like, oh. and I guess, you know, and my husband as well, he's been incredibly supportive, but he's very secure and wants a plan. And like, what's the plan going to be? Um, and I was like, I don't know what the plan is. I just have to follow my my breadcrumb, you know. I mean, I've said that to him, but it, it's, yeah. and I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's, but, but there's also that comes that point where if not now, then, then when? Mm. And I just always remember thinking, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? And I guess for me, I was like, okay, well, worst case scenario, I can go back to teaching. I'm not going to love it. But I can go, I can, and that's supposed to get them my teaching so you can get a job yeah. anywhere. And I mean, even now on my dark days, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to make this work? I'm like, well, there's so many options in terms of how you can use your skills. And I, th and I do want to say, and that's the one thing that I was only realized much later on, I think as a teacher, and I'm not saying all teachers are like this, absolutely not, but I've got a 
close circle of teacher friends and we've had these chats before around there are so many things that you can do and you're so skilled in so many things as a teacher, but we don't recognize it all the time. Um, but the amount of skills that you have, it's not easy. It's not easy to come by. I, I, I'm in awe of, of teachers. Yeah. I really am, especially having now been a father yeah. <laughs> and sending your child to school and seeing what the yeah. teachers have to deal with. Uh, yeah. Right, it's such a multitude of skills yeah. that you have to, you know, you've got to be a psychologist, a motivator, yeah. a parent, a carer, a teacher, mm. a coach, you know, a, a best friend, you know, all of these roles that you have to yeah. play yeah. Um, for the well-being of, of, of the little ones. So yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I think there is so much diverse mm. so much talent in that teaching mm. pool yeah um and i feel like people are not realizing it and this is again no fault of of, of anyone's but it's just the way the system is isn't it's, it? it's, system. The, it's the salaries yeah. it's the way that it works it's the pressures on teachers yeah. you know i think there's this impression about teachers having a cushy life right? oh yeah i was one to say <laughs> oh so you just you but you just play all day and i was like <laughs> i was like we do not play all day that's the last thing we do yeah. but i do think it was that, like, if I don't make this jump now, then when do I do it? Yeah. And thinking, okay, well, the worst case is I can go back. I'll, I'll find something else. Like, I've proven to myself I can find something. Like, I, you'll, you'll, I'll make it happen. Mm. Um, yeah, sorry, I forgot your initial question there. That's okay. <laughs> it was just I've forgotten as well, but it's about te it's about te teacher skills. Teacher skills. Yeah. There, there, there is a lot of skills within within teaching. Mm. I think because of the way that the pressures of the system, the pressures yes, of the, the, the the way that it's set up, it's it's hard for teachers to realise that yeah. because they just they're, they're overworked, they're, mm. over, they're overwhelmed, and yeah. there's 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 burnout. I mean, I've spoken yeah. to um, Sam of um, Teach Strong, and yes. you, know, you know Sam, but they they do a lot of work with helping with you know. Uh, lifestyle and, and, mm. and food and stress to help teaching yeah. staff and um, you know they talk about it a lot and it's, it's it's something i think is getting better but it's still a long way it's, it's still, still a long, long way, way. it's still a long way definitely yeah. so look let's talk about power thoughts because <laughs> that's really what what you're all about so give us a snapshot of where power thoughts is today what how how would you just if someone came to says natalie what you know the, 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 i'm sure you've had this question what do you do how do you describe how do you describe what you do well initially power thoughts is a coaching and educational like service that i put together to ultimately help children recognize that they don't have to believe every thought they think or respond to everything they feel um and that's slowly growing. Obviously, I don't just work with children. I work with parents as well because it starts with us as the grown-ups. And I think where my work has slowly started to shift into is supporting parents as much as children because inside all of us is an inner child and a little boy, a little girl. That didn't get all of these tools and teachings and no finger pointing to our parents or caregivers at all. But Parenting has changed so much over the generations and the world has changed. And what we know about the brain and about emotions and looking after our mental health has changed so much. So I often say, you know, to parents, like we're almost like this generation, we're kind of like toddlers because we are trying to figure out how to look after our own mental health. We're learning about how important that is, about working through our big feelings. But now we want to help our kids. Like that's... It's, you know, so you're, you're learning as much as what your children are. And I think for me, 
it was because I was um, growing up, I was quite anxious. I was a warrior. I remember going, my mum sent me to psychologist when I was about the age of 10. I was then diagnosed with anxiety in my teens and into my 20s as well. And I mean, it's definitely as an underlying, she's there, she's there. But I think had I had the tools as a child to be like, oh, I don't have to believe this thought I'm thinking right now. And it's just a thought and have some strategies and have my parents have these strategies as well. That would have just made such a difference, I guess, in terms of how I approach things and, you know, equally my parents too, because I can see, you know, <laughs> warriors on both sides, you know. So it's, and if I just think, okay, well, where that, if I trace that back, I can understand how that comes to play. And um, so now Power with Thoughts is, I still offer workshops in schools um, and do a lot of private coaching with children and then parent coaching sessions as well with coaching and strategy sessions um, and workshops in the corporate sector or parent workshops. Um, yeah, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like it. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to know, are you working with parents and children together? Are you working with just children or, or just parents or a combination of, of all so combination. So either sessions with children and then I'll do a debrief with parents. Right. Um, or uh, some parents come to me and they want me to help them so they can help their children. So I'll right. have my parent sessions with them. Um, initially, it did start off with me coaching children and then I do a 10-minute debrief with parents about what we've covered in the session and here are the tools. But that I always found would slip over into 20 minutes because I'm right. giving them so much more. And that sort of made me realize, hold on, I actually need solo sessions, you know, or football packages with parents independently because they need this education as much as what, well, if not even more so than their kids, because it's, start, you know, we've got to model it. It's about me learning these tools, me applying these tools and strategies, how to have those conversations with my child. Um, so, yeah, that's that's come in the last year where I focused a lot more on that. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think if I don't, you, you might you might have better insight into this, but if someone says oh, you should get a coach for your child, oh, I know. <laughs> it's like people, there must be a reaction of oh, what? You, why yeah. why would you do that? Leave the child alone, right? There's that. So what? Why would? Why is this important? Why would someone need a coach for the child? Who would? Who would benefit from this? I guess mm -hmm. is, is, is the question. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah, and I think there was um. <laughs> There was once, you know, life coach for a four-year-old, um, which, I mean, I okay, going back, I don't like the term life coach. I've always never liked it because I'm like, this makes sense. But um, for, to me, personally, to me. But um, I think this is, it's about looking after our mental health mm. and our emotional well-being. It's about learning not to suppress or dismiss or deny the uncomfortable feelings like the anger, the sadness, the anxiety. It's about learning how to work with them and through them in a healthy way. It's about learning not to believe your thoughts. So when children are doing a maths exam, maths problem, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm rubbish, I'm a failure, I'm never going to get this right. These are things I hear all the time. Um, and 
beginning to gain an awareness of those thoughts and recognizing, hold on, here are some things, you know, I I can become a thought detective. Let me look for clues and evidence to prove that that thought's not true. Understanding how my thoughts and the story I tell myself influences how I feel, influences how I show up in the world and how I behave. So if I'm telling myself the story, nobody likes me because Sally said I'm dumb and I now keep telling myself that story, that's going to make me feel disempowered, lonely, sad. Therefore, maybe I don't want to go to school. I'm anxious. I So giving them those tools and insights to see actually don't have to believe that. And here are some tools and strategies that we can do to to build your confidence, to see that, that that's not a story you have to pay attention to. Big one as well is understanding that our brain grows and gets stronger when we make mistakes and when we do those things that feel hard. Mm-hmm. So because I get 10 out of 10 in everything, amazing. But we want to not be getting 10 out of 10. And it's got to feel difficult, obviously not all the time, but our brain grows and gets stronger because it's like a muscle, just like all the other muscles in our body. And I see so many children. When I did, um, when I started to kind of put the ideas of power thoughts together, I did um, not an assessment, but like a questionnaire at school. And so many of the kids came back and said, I'm afraid of making mistakes. I hate myself because I make mistakes. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I feel like I'm a tortoise stuck in a shell was one of the lesser little phrases that one of the girls had said. And I see this time and time again that kids are afraid of making mistakes when it's, you know, or they give up too soon or they think they can't, they start to create a story about why they can't do something because it feels hard, because it feels difficult. And granted, you know, we're not, you know, our talents, DNA, all of that also has a role to play. We might not be the maestro playing piano, but just understanding that actually that hard process isn't a sign that we should give up initially. I mean, there is an element of burnout, right? But it's a sign of actually this means my brain's growing and let me try again. Let me take a break. Let me come back. What what other things I can do? And um, overall, just tools to look after our mental health. So as I say, you know, and, 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 and it's the thing, it's so interesting because if you want to play tennis, you get a tennis coach. If you want to play chess, you get a chess coach. Why aren't we doing that for our mental health? Now, you know, and granted families, you know, can definitely set this up. They don't need me. I'm not saying that I'm there for everybody, but I do feel it's the same as, and I was actually having a conversation going with intangible, the same as relationships. You don't get, we don't get taught how to actually be in a relationship. You behave in your relationship with your significant other based on your previous conditioning, what you've seen, what you've witnessed, um, your experiences And what we see in society, which we know is not the right, you know, like it's all like sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. But um, it's a real skill to be in a relationship, to negotiate, to listen, to compromise, to communicate, to to argue. But we don't get taught that. And I see that and same as like with financial coaching. I mean, now there's a lot more around financial education. So I think this is no different and these are just tools to help us look after our, our mental health. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's where I've, that's where I come from. I do. I'll be honest. I do struggle to know what to call myself because I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Right. Um, and coaching, as much as I love coaching, it can also have such a it's got a bit of a different feel to the word sometimes, I, th- I think. Um 
But yeah, for me, it, pr- it always comes just down to, you know, emotional and mental health. I mean, some of those things you said there, a lot of those things, I've just realised those in the last few years myself. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, absolutely can see the value on that. And this is the thing, right? I think you said something right at the beginning there was that when we learn to accept that we don't have to listen to our thoughts. Mm. That, that's not the narrative. That's not reality. Like I said, that's, I've only just realised oh, that, right? Yeah. I've only just realised that. Yeah. And I look back and I think, just like you, I've looked at my family and said, okay, I can see mm. where that little bit of that worrying, that anxiety comes from and you kind of kind of trace it. But absolutely that's valuable for kids. And I think yeah. you're right. Often when uh, this generation of, of, of parents are going through their own awakening and their own realisation of, oh, actually... This is why I think this way. This yeah. is why these things have been happening to me. This is why, and we start to try and work through that ourselves. Yeah, you know, I, I can't do it on my own. No, you know, I've been talking to people. I've had coaching. I've had you know spoken to therapists. I've gone on the internet. I listen to podcasts, and and still mm. it's not perfect. Yeah. So I yeah. think having someone to just step in when a parent's trying to deal with it themselves. What my experience with this has been, as a parent anyway, it's been. I do things naturally and then I realize, oh, I know it's almost like I'm trying to undo them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that me behaving this way or doing these things. Mm. Uh, and it's when you start seeing it in your daughter, <laughs> when you start seeing, oh my God, that's what I say. Yeah. Or, oh my God, that's, you know, that's me. That's, the that's thing. when you realize, think, oh, that, that, how much of an influence we have mm. on, on the, on the children around us. Yeah, definitely. And I will also say like, there is no, there is no perfect and you will get it wrong as so to say, or not do it the way that you want to do. And I think it's just, and I say this to all parents I work with, it's just, you are learning, you know, we talk about raising our kids, but you're raising yourself as well. And I think that that's, that's what we have to remember. It's, I'm just learning these tools alongside with you. And also understanding, you know, how our brain is wired versus to their brain. It's very, very different. Mm. You know, they're still growing. They're still developing. But um, all these are just additional tools. And I also say to parents, you know, because I, I sometimes have this thing with like, oh, you're the parent expert. I'm like, oh, I'm not. Okay. This is just my opinion, my tools, my experience, what I've learned. You still are the expert of your child. That gut feeling, again, nothing messes with that. Sure. These are just additional tools and some will work and some won't. And it's that extra kind of insight, you know, that outside perspective that somebody can give you that you can't have when you're so in the situation. Um, but it's it's all about, it's just learning and growth. That's all it is, you know. It's like muscle. You're just growing and developing it every day. Yeah. And a lot of our behaviours, as we know, are from our parents. So it's natural that when yeah. you become a parent, when I become a parent, you just de- default to what your parents did. And, you know, and it it comes a stage where you, I, I look back and I thought, and this is not a derogatory Mm-mm. statement towards my parents at all. I love my parents and they've been amazing at yeah. raising me and they did the best job that they could with what they had at the time. Yeah. I, I accept that now. However, it was a stage where I think, actually, do you know what? Maybe the way they did things were, wasn't the right way. And maybe that is why mm-hmm. I'm experiencing certain things that I am now. Mm-hmm. What can I do to change that for my daughter? And like I said, that it's not easy. And this is where I think having you know, the help of someone like yourself or even just the information that's widely yeah, available, reading definitely. books, listening to podcasts, that's really helped me to understand how my – it's helped me to understand my behaviours more. Yeah, right? yeah. It's helped me to understand me a little bit more. Mm. And that then helps me to understand, well, what what is the kind of person I want to become? Yeah. 
And I think something you touched on there about thoughts about, you know, that self, it's that self-deprecation. Mm. It's like, oh, I, I'm rubbish. I'm useless. Yeah. I can't do this. You know, it's going back to the self-compassion, isn't it? It's like, yeah. just, <laughs> it's just teaching. I, again, I've only in the last few years, I've realized that that mm. is the key, right? It's, it's, if we can be nicer to ourselves, if we yeah. can frame things differently, it, it, it's so powerful. And I'll just use an example with, with Liliana, yeah. you know, um, bless her. She was sick. She was sick yesterday. And, um, and I think this came from a mum. I think when I, when I said to her, I was, oh, you know, you, it's not nice when you're, when you're sick, is it? She goes, Daddy, I'm not sick. I'm just a little bit unwell. Oh. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so whoever, I'm sure that was her mum that said that to her yesterday when she picked her up from school. Like, yes, you're right. You are just a little bit unwell. Yeah. And she started to turn these things around, um, you know, with, with, with the things that she was doing. She was doing something the other day and, and she did that. She's like, oh, mm. I can't do this, Daddy. Oh. And I was like, you can't do it or you can't do it yet. Yeah, I love that word. Love it, love it, love it. And she's like, and she's kind of always like, and I was like, well, look, and I explained to her about, you know, I do all the editing and the photography. And I was like, you know, daddy, once upon a time, I didn't know how to do a podcast. And I said, well, I I just didn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. And now I figured it out. Yeah. And she goes, how did you figure it out? I said, well, I just watched and I read. And she goes, you watch YouTube? Mm. Yeah, I watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she watch YouTube. But... Starting to see her talk in that way and starting to recognize it a little bit. Um, one of the other things that we've started doing with her, which I think is amazing, and it's I, I feel like it's uh, it's hard to, to measure these mm. things, but these daily affirmations. Yes. These positive affirmations. Yeah. So there was, there was a period recently where she was struggling with, with sleep and she was mm. waking up in the middle of the night. She was wet in the bed, you know, the, yeah, the phase yeah, yeah. they go through. And so now... Before she goes to bed, we have our story and it'll be, she's got a little, little yeah. three or four affirmations says, you know, I, I can, I will go to sleep. I am going to, I am going to stay asleep. If I need to go for a wee, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. These little things. And then on her own, this is the magic of it, right? This week, she's been doing this for about, I don't know, about a month now. Yeah. And then yesterday when I did, went, put her to bed, I was like, oh, you can do your affirmations now. And she did her normal affirmations. Then she started adding them, adding, adding her oh, own ones. Oh, I love that. Oh. And yesterday's one, she was like, Daddy, I want to add something. I was like, okay, cool. What are you going to add? And she, was, she goes, I am happy. Oh. And I was just I was like, I know. Yeah. I was just like, I don't, and I asked Anisha, I said, did you tell her to say yeah. that? Yeah. Right? like, that just came from herself. Yeah. So I think those little, just small things, like you said, if I had a way when I was that age to yeah. deal with emotions and, yeah. you know, I went through bullying and all these sorts of things that kids go through. We all go, we all go through different phases, but you're right. We don't have a framework. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, going, getting a coach, getting, you know, a teacher, whatever it is to do these things, even without those things, people are doing things for their health on a day-to-day -day basis. So I always use the example of brushing your teeth. Yeah. Right. Yes. And I always ask people, why do you brush your teeth? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, Natalie, why do you brush your teeth? And not to have stinky breath. To not to have, have stinky clean breath. teeth. I know, like, no holes in my teeth. Okay, so if I, and I always say this, if I don't brush my teeth today, will I wake up tomorrow with terrible teeth? No. 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 Yeah, I'll wake up with a stinky mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to be that nice. Yeah. And it's going to feel a bit gunky. But I'm not going to have major tooth problems tomorrow. And even if I went tomorrow and I didn't brush my teeth, yeah. the following day I'll still be okay. Yeah. But yet we brush our teeth every day. Yeah. So why do we brush our teeth? Well, we brush our teeth to stop ourselves yeah. in the future from having problems. Yeah. Now, 
then I come back to say, well, could you live without your teeth? Yeah, no. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You, well, could, yeah. you survive. You could survive. You're yeah. survive. You're <laughs> not going to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> My grands have no teeth for a couple of decades. Yeah. But yeah, you'd survive. It's yeah. fine. Mm. But yeah, we spend two minutes, four minutes, twice a day exactly. taking care of them. Yeah. You can live without them. Mm. What about this? Yeah. And that's the thing. What about the mind that you rely on every single day mm. to help you to make decisions and guide you through life? Yeah. What's the equivalent of brushing your teeth for your mind? Mm. Now, it's not that we're saying we're waking up every day with a broken mm. mind, with mental health issues, yeah. right? Yeah. But what are we doing to prevent these things happening in the future? Yeah. And I think having strategies like, mm. like you know, whether it's affirmations, whether it's mindfulness, whether it's coaching or something to help people frame things. Mm. I think it's so crucial. Yeah. And that's the thing, because I think where I had gotten to, I'm just thinking back to when I was really miserable and unhappy with the, and like the anxiety, like it was a, a physical, like I can, f I mean, and I still sometimes know, and I, and it, but I now know what it is. Mm. So when I get it, I'm like, okay, it doesn't feel great, but I know it's going to pass. Let it out, go all my stuff. It's fine. But I think a lot of that, I'm not saying could have not, not been prevented, but had I had tools earlier on, would have made such a difference in terms of, and also, I mean, neuroplasticity. We know, like, I mean, why kids' brains are so malleable. Yes, it's just as for us, but it's harder for us. Mm. So if you're thinking about, like, you know, 20 plus years of that consistent and anxious, like, habitual way of thinking, that is so much easier to kind of form and mould with kids, not in all cases, of course, not in all cases. I'm not, you know, a neuroscientist to, to that degree, sure. you know, at all, but. But just that the modeling, the education, the understanding, the awareness. I was not aware of my thoughts until, you know, when I started this stuff. Mm. And yes, when I was doing my psychology as well, but not to the degree. I never thought about it in this way. Sure. And then like, oh, I don't have to believe that stuff. Like, I don't have to believe it. Like, like when somebody said in, in a certain way, I was like, the, the penny just dropped. And I think... We're all going to have negative thoughts. We're all going to have self-doubt. But it's, and I think, you know, it's, but it's, it's recognize that awareness of, because you, your mindset, like you, someone, I'm going off on tangent, but when you're going back there to like your mind is there, like this is what drives you every day. And we know the difference that a negative thought or aspiring thought can have. And I mean, some people have got a bigger buffer than others. I know definitely my husband's a lot more like, no, 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 you know, he's a lot more happy-go-lucky. Um, but it's really hard when you're caught up in that negative space and you physically, energetically, it pulls you down. And I think from such a young age, being able to have those tools and strategies just makes all, you know, it's not going to stop everything, but you're going to have the tools. And this is also not about sugar, you know, like cotton wooling kids. And like, it's actually, no, give them the challenges, give them the setbacks, let them be disappointed, let them be rejected. Yeah. But this is how we bounce back from it when they're ready, you know, and it's not about denying those feelings either. It's like, okay, do you know what? This feels really rubbish. And we're just going to sit here with this rubbish feeling for a bit. Yeah. Like, that's okay too. Let's process that feeling. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. But then there also comes a point of, okay, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to let this keep me down or am I going to learn from it? Am I going to come back from that? Yeah. And I think that that's what this is.
Self-compassion. I mean, that's, that's, yes. Then it's just a classic definition. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Self-compassion. Know, I've got it written up on the board there. I should know it by, off, off, off the top of my head, but I'm looking at it. Awareness of suffering, right? Yeah. Become aware of your suffering. Yeah. Sit with it. Acknowledge it. Yeah. Then there's the agreement in the meaning, which is the common human experience. It might be difficult for children, yeah. but everyone goes through Hey, yeah. I think, I say that to Lillian. I think like that sometimes as well. You know, it's yeah. just that commonality is agreement in me. And then take action to relieve the suffering. Yeah. What can I do to help me? come out of this um and you know that's exactly what i do so we you know with like we create feeling characters and you know we've got the feeling for sadness with feeling for anger i mean one of the boys i worked with um he was his angry feelings were getting quite big and so he called his tornado but it was brilliant i thought it was brilliant and mom's like oh it really helped not all cases but in some cases she's like oh looks like we've got a visitor today like tornado's here what should we tell tornado what's he feeling but that gave just so much awareness of like, yeah, actually I'm feeling angry and where do I feel it in my body? And I think that's the other thing as well that I definitely do with the anxieties. Like we can push and resist and resist, but it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And actually if you just sit with it, as uncomfortable as it feels. And I actually did this not too long ago. I don't know. I'd woken up and I just felt incredibly anxious for no reason at all. And I just thought, you know what, let me just set my timer for 10 minutes and I'm just going to lie here and I put on some like meditation music. I'm like, I'm just going to lean into this feeling. And I'll be honest with you, it was the best experience I had coming out of it. Like, and I was like, I really need to do this more. Mm. When you just allow, and I appreciate not everybody, like, you know, I know not my tolerance level, so I felt safe to do that. Um... But to me, I was like, actually, do you know what? Just actually allowing it to be there for a bit and not fight it does work. I was like, I really need to do this more. <laughs> it's mindfulness, isn't it? It is. It's being in the present moment. Yeah. And if your present moment is one of not feeling unease, yeah. feeling anxiety, feeling sad, angry, whatever those emotions are, mm. let's become aware of it without mm. judgment, without being judgmental, right? Yeah. Without saying, you know, I shouldn't be feeling that way. And I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's almost... And it's a cultural thing. This is this is how things were in the, in the past. But it's like, look to the next thing, right? Yeah. Where's the, yeah? Snap out of it and think about that. Or let's. How can I not feel this way? And it's almost ignoring it. And I think what happens, and again, my experience mm. of of ignoring it for so many years and just brushing it under the carpet. Oh yeah. Well, if you keep brushing dirt under the carpet, well, in a f- mm-hmm. few years you're gonna have some problems down there, aren't you? Definitely. Uh, so I think there's that's been a that's been the culture. Is that well, just just don't. Yeah you shouldn't feel this way so let's move on to the yeah. next thing and you're right if we just sit with it and just allow yourself mm. to be which mm. is hard we, oh it <laughs> is hard no 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 and it's not always I do find and I mean the other way movement I think you know movement is really powerful so if you can't sit with it try and move it so you know I do teach kids thing called move it to lose it where we move our body in a safe way you know when we talk about safe like in terms of the angry feelings can sometimes be unsafe where we mm. want to hit out or punch our brother but move my body in a safe way to let go of that feeling um and I mean that works really good as well but again you're allowing the space for it to be there sure. and working through it yeah um yeah, I love. I love. I think you were the one that told me this. Uh, off another time we spoke about giving the emotions a name and mm. the character, the characters, the characters. So yes. Start, the, the, for us, we, she likes kind of 
I don't know what you call this, but when the letter, the two letters begin with the same, so angry Annie. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah, sad Susan. Or yeah. So we 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 started. I started doing that with her, and at first, and she was I, one day she was really angry, and I was like, oh, you know, what? I said, and I gave a character to my I can't remember, angry Andy or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, and I said, oh, you know, when I get angry, this this guy called Andy, he, yeah, come, he comes along. Love his that. name's Angry Andy. I said, what's your what's yours called? Yeah. I think she said Angry Annie or something like that. And um, she was a bit shy at first. But then yeah. by doing that, I, she was able to sit with it. Yeah. And then I just and I said, you know what I like to do sometimes when, when Angry Andy comes? And she mm -hmm. said, I said, I like to go into my room. I close the door. I put the music on really loud. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I just stamp my feet or I have a real, like, yeah. a, you know, I put on really loud dance yeah. music. And just just Love it. shake it out. Love it. And then a couple of times she I noticed her leaving like randomly would be doing something she'd just leave the room she'd go upstairs and I'd hear banging oh. and she'd tap her feet and then she'd come back down and she goes daddy I went to stamp my feet oh, I was like oh, how do you feel and she's like yeah I feel, I feel better oh, um, I love that so look it's this is this is all new things that yeah. we start I'm not saying perfect, but this has come as a, a realisation for me that you know what I do what we do matters it matters it a lot and this is a terrible way of thinking about it, but I feel like with the second child coming, I've got a second chance, like to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like, oh, I can start again. Like, it's a, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but it's like, oh, if I'd known this five years ago when she was born, yeah. I, I, and look, it's probably going to be very different to what I think it's yeah. going to be anyway. But I feel like I'm more prepared with the right yeah. mindset, and the right tools mm. to help not not only. The, the, the child but also now with Liliana her yeah. emotions and I, I spoke to you about this yeah. her, her feeling a little bit of this her space is being taken away yeah yeah um, so that's yeah that's an interesting state yeah of for us at, yeah at the moment and but listen it's all growing as well yeah. and with your new little one coming along too you're gonna be like nobody told me about this <laughs> yeah, yeah. so boy boys are different to girls what, 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 happened, what, what, what do I do with this so I do think you know it is but yeah I do think just even, and you know, she, I think what's so important here, and this is, you know, what I want to share with parents where your learning comes in is because when you're modeling that, you keep talking about angry Andy and then, I don't know, sad Sarah, whenever that happens, or nervous Nelly, you know, <laughs> you can make a whole alphabet. Yeah. Um, when you're modeling that, she sees that. And that's what they, and that's the hard, that's, I mean, no pressure there, but that's the hard thing. Um, but also having a lot of compassion for yourself when you don't do it the way you want to. And I think what's really, really important and that does so well in terms of repairing that relationship is when you haven't behaved the way that you wanted to, just go back and apologize. Yeah. And I think like that's so, because, and if I think about it, like that wasn't really the done thing when we were kids. It's like, oh, but they just don't get anything wrong. Um, but I think there's so much like, do you know what? Mummy messed up there. Daddy messed up. I got angry and I got upset. And actually, I should have said it in a different way or done something different. You're modeling to them what you want them to do. And you're also helping them understand what's gone on for them, what's gone on for you. Because we often talk about like the feelings that hide under the angry mask. Um, and, you know, it was often, you know, if I work with children that really do struggle with, you know, find anger difficult to, to navigate. Underneath that, it's disappointment, frustration, embarrassment, confusion, fear. It's it's fear, you know. Um, and actually understanding, oh, well, actually, daddy got angry there because he was feeling really frustrated or disappointed. But now I understand it had nothing to do with me because that's the other thing as well. And I think 
when we're having these open conversations with them, obviously in a child-friendly manner, I think that, you know, that's also where we're doing so much good in terms of building that relationship and deepening their awareness. Yeah, I so I so agree with that. And one of the things I, uh, someone, again, someone mentioned this to me years ago before I had a child, but they, I noticed when they were speaking to their child, they were speaking to them like an adult. Mm. And I found that really interesting because most people speak to their children like their children. Yeah. Right. And I tried that with with Liliana and just tried not in a you know not in a hard yeah, hours yeah, yeah. Really, as a PT like <laughs> right, doing temperature but just you know just she asked the question where the the answer was really complicated uh, I was like I'm just going to tell her anyway I yeah, can't remember what it was, yeah, it was something about yeah. the sun or you know some sciencey question and I just gave her the the, the answer mm. and she probably didn't understand it all but she was like oh okay uh, and she just accepted it yeah and I was like and then I started doing this a bit more just talking to her mm. like if someone else was like, rather than oh well you know this this like, yeah. i just told her just had a conversation <laughs> here it is <laughs> this is this is, what, this is what it's about and she just was like oh okay uh, another example right and this uh, I, i'm gonna claim this as my yeah. my top tip for parents yeah i, I, I don't have many but i, love it. <laughs> I don't have many but i i have one the uh, uh, it's completely off the tangent but <laughs> i i never had the conversation with my parents about the birds and the bees yeah yeah. No, it never happened. Right? <laughs> oh, God. So I think I've found a solution. So we watch a lot of nature documentaries. David yeah. Attenborough is like, we call him David Dada, Dada yeah. granddad in, in Gujarati. Yeah. So we call him David Dada. So his granddad, David. And there was one recently, which was about the the, the babies, like, so the, <laughs> the, the, the babies. And they'll say they talk, yeah. they do mating. There's the animals mating. And it was happening. And she's yeah. like, what's going on? Why are they fighting? <laughs> And I'm like, so not, and I just told her, I was like, well, she was like two or three. I mean, she yeah. was like, well, they're, they're making babies. Mm. And she's like, oh, why are they doing that? And I was like, well, you know, the, the man, the, the, the boy has a seed and the, the, women, the girl has an egg. And I was just explaining, yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. the science behind it. And now she gets it. Yeah. And now we're watching one the other day. She goes, oh, daddy, they're mating. They're making a baby. I'm like, yeah. now you get it. And then she asked one, she asked one, she goes, is that how... People make babies, <laughs> and uh, and it's hard to, to laugh. And I was like, and I just went, yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it's done. Yeah, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, and, and yeah. I didn't make up a story about yeah. you know the, the tooth fairy or the yeah. egg or this or that. Like it was a magic, and mm. and she just kept it. So I think when there's a, there's so much power in talking to them mm. like they're just an adult, mm. and I think mm. that for me has been a big big shift because she then asks. Uh, so now she's four or five but she she then asked follow-up intelligent questions yeah. because yeah. there's that natural inquisitive mind and i think when i was a kid that natural curiosity that we have yeah it was i felt like it was blunted out of me it was just like yeah. why oh why yeah kids naturally why is this that why is this and i was just because it's this one yeah yeah because i said so yeah right yeah. why do i have to do this Daddy? yeah because i said so yeah right yeah. with her it's like why do i have to do this and I was like well okay why do I why do you have to brush it was a brushing your teeth why do I have to brush my teeth twice a day mm, if you don't brush mm. your teeth twice a day this is what happens yeah just explain it yeah why and do I, you exercise every day daddy yeah I explain it yeah and I do think keeping those like around those difficult conversations as well which can be quite I think you know with, with like it's like oh we wasn't talking about no we weren't allowed to talk about these things oh. and so forth and I think but I think there's so much power in having those open conversations with her about it when she's got the questions. And I think just, you know, if parents are like struggling in terms of it's a difficult conversation that comes like a difficult topic, 
I always say, first ask questions. Mm. Don't fix it first. So just ask the question, what makes you think that? Tell me more. What do you think about it? How do you feel about it? And then start giving those like what you did, like yeah. giving those in, and and using the right words as well, you know, because not to kind of take this off on a, like a, a tangent here, but when children are taught the, the, the nice, like the pretty words for all their private parts and they don't use the correct terminology, it it doesn't help later on because it's like, oh, I can't really talk about this. Shouldn't be talking about it. And they actually really need to know what it like be able to to, to, to be able to talk about it because I think there was a case um, I had to do something with, um, I was on a panel around consent and um, one of the speakers mentioned, you know, there was a case in terms of not using the correct terminolo not terminology. The teacher didn't know what biscuit was. Mm -hmm. So when this child said so-and-so has touched my biscuit, she didn't have a clue what it meant. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, and I think that's really important in terms of having those yeah. open conversations. Um yeah, so I think we went off a tangent there. That's anyway, okay. that's okay. No, it's it just when you were saying about the the, the talking to children, the way that you talk to them, it's just it's, it's so important. It's so, it matters so much. And you're right. And you you said we know this, right? That they'll do what you do, not what you yeah. say. Um, and yeah, Anisha's been great with ever since Lily was a baby. She'd have her on the yoga mat. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just sitting there mm. while she'll do her yoga. And you know, now we'll do some stretching in the evening. And at first, I was like, come on, Lily, let's do this. Yeah. And she was not really into it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, why does she not want to do what we're doing? And then I just thought, <laughs> we'll just carry on doing it. And then now, without even saying anything, we'll just do our stretching. And then if, if she's around, she'll come and she'll do her own little thing. And, you know, she'll do a down dog and all, I the, love all these that. little things. So oh, I love that. <laughs> she just does it on her own. And whether that's going to, carry on you know i've got to not have the expectation right at first like any parent it's like wow i'm i know about health and my parent my child's gonna eat five a day and they're gonna drink their water and they're gonna do all of these things it's, no i'm gonna do the best i can to model that behavior and yeah. whatever she picks up she picks up yeah because she is her own little person on her own little path she and is. i think that 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 can sometimes be difficult to, yeah. to take on board I think um, and to remember because yeah we can only do what we can do and guide and coach and teach the best that we can but just like you're your own person on your own path and I think we that's you know that's yeah. you know but but it is it's 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 a lesson for, for us as well it is but it's also giving them it's giving them a little bit of freedom in making their own choices yeah. right because I feel like again I'm just relating I can only relate this to my own experience as a child I wasn't, I felt like everything was dictated to me, right? I felt like life was dictated mm. to me. It's like, you're going to go here. You're going to do that. This person's going to look after you. That person's going to look after you. Um, yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't step. Yeah, it was almost like every, whatever I wanted to do, mm. I didn't, I wasn't able to do. And I feel like looking back, that was probably the reason when I got to my teenage years, I did what I did, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that now, but um, it's true. Whereas yeah. if you if you have a sense of freedom of like, oh, what do you want to do today? Mm. Right. It's like today she's not at school because she was not feeling very well yesterday. She woke up late. It was like, okay, what do you want to do today? Yeah. yeah. Rather than you're going to do this. And we've recently gotten up riding bicycles and I'll take her for a bike ride. And you know, I've got, a, she's actually with a helmet on, she's on yeah. the road, she's really safe. And, and we've been riding around and the last few times I've been out, she's like, which way daddy? I'm like, you choose. Yeah. And she gets yeah. so excited. Oh, oh. I get to dictate which way we go. I'm like, yeah, you lead in front, you, I'll yeah. follow you and you choose which way to go. And just, 
I can see the glint in her eye. I can see how it's like, oh, I, I get to do it. Yes. And I think giving them that empowerment that I can actually mm. choose mm. and I can actually do what I want to do. Like you said, they're their mm. own little person, their own little personality. Yeah. As much as I want them to be, not like me, definitely yeah. not, but <laughs> <laughs> I want them to be a certain way and do certain things and yeah. be, have certain behaviours and traits. Mm. Yeah, she's going to be who she wants to be. Yeah, and I do think, look, boundaries and like, regulations are important in terms of like it gives safety and structure right but I always say like it's in like you like so much is dictated to them but how do we then exercise the muscle of thinking for myself of maybe making the wrong choice but then bumping my head and learning from that um and I think you know, when it, and especially like when, when I work with parents who've got kids that are very strong-willed and don't like to be told what to do, a lot more goes, it, you, you get a lot, not all the time, of course, but bringing them in. So, do you know what? I noticed we've got this problem or this is happening and I noticed this, like completely non-judgmental, neutral. How do you think we can solve the mm. problem? And the amount of times that I've actually also used it, kids come up with brilliant examples. So actually just... There was a girl that I worked with who was really worried, struggled to go to sleep. And she was in Hong Kong. And I think they had a lot of riots around that time as well. So she was really worried about like people going to break in, blah, 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 all these things. And her parents are trying to give her different strategies, different things. And the one day I just sat with her and I'm like, spoke through the challenges, what's difficult. I'm like, how do you think we can solve this? What's going to help? And she was like, I think I want to listen to a podcast. I've got these podcasts that I like to go to sleep, like that I like to listen to. And mum emailed me, like, you know, whenever it was a few days later, and she's like, it's working. She's now going to sleep. Now, I mean, that's a minor example. Sure. But I think sometimes because we're the adult, we grow, and, we, and of course we do know better because we've got our live, lived experience and we can foresee things. But they sometimes have got really good answers. And I think giving that sense of empowerment and that sense of choice, not all the time. I'm not saying boundaries aren't there. And we still have certain rules and regulations to follow to function in society, right? But I think we can do more of that. And I also just, why I think that's so important is I do work with a lot of children that aren't very confident and that don't know how to speak up for themselves and then that get bullied. I'm not saying all this is going to happen to all kids, but they're on the receiving end of being bullied and the receiving end of being picked on. But they've not had the chance to exercise that assertiveness muscle and the ability to say no and the ability to not people please. So the other challenge here is... Sometimes she's got to say no to you and that's going to feel really uncomfortable. Obviously pick your battles, but allowing that as well, because if they're not saying no in a familiar, safe environment, how can we expect them to say no when they really, really need to say no? And, you know, I think that also comes down a lot to people pleasing. And I, I can see myself so much in that in terms of, and not, you know, my parents did a brilliant job and, but I think definitely... I could have, I was one of those kids, I was too afraid to say, to, to rock the boat because I wanted to make everyone happy. Mm. And I think being given the voice to say no, or what do you think about it? Which way do you think we should go? How do, what do you think we should do? Um, that's, that's life skills there. That, that, what you just touched on there is such an important mm. one, isn't it? Because I think back, yeah, when I, I was a a, a massive people pleaser probably yeah. am to some extent still still one you know, yeah. still a percentage, <laughs> recovering we're recovering we're recovering <laughs> yeah that's, you never you never you never uh, get rid of it do you um but yeah saying saying no and I, you're right the first time 
I suggested something that she maybe in the past wanted to do. Yeah. She said, no, it was like, why do you want to do it? Like, you know, <laughs> but again, I just take a step back and think, actually, yeah. right, let's not do this today. It's, yeah. It's cool. And yeah. um, that's been, that's been a big lesson. Mm, yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's fascinating because there's, this journey with with children is just never ending. Like you no. said, the, the next one's going to come and it's going to be completely different and it's all going to throw up. But the biggest thing for me is I've learned so much yeah. from her. Yeah, that, that and I and I feel like paying attention to them and just listening, observing, mm. like you said, asking questions. Why? Why do you? Why do you think that? And yeah. then just getting an understanding of how they tick. Um, I've learned so much. Yeah, I've learned so much, and some of the things, the, her observations, you know, are are amazing. The other day, she said about um, adults all being on their phone all the time, mm. and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, guilty. Uh, yeah. And, I, and, and I try really hard. We yeah. try. Yeah, we have a rule: no yeah. phones at the dining table. Yeah, you know, no screens after five p.m. Like we have all these rules in the house that she's well aware of. Yeah. Yeah, I still get caught out. And when she said that, I was like, well, where is she seeing that? Because she goes to school. She doesn't see any adults at school. She comes home. She might see some, you know, the parents. Mm. It's us. But then we go to school and in the playground, the adults will be yeah, hanging around. Yeah. Wait. yeah, that's what I was thinking, probably in the playground. She sees yeah. that as well. But mostly she probably sees it at home because mm. mummy and daddy are on social media. We have podcasts. Yeah, we we, are, we have working. to go on there. And so yeah. she does see it. So I've tried to channel that in a, in a different way. And I get her involved in here and when I'm... Editing yeah. and creating and creating reels. And I, I said, look, this is, this is how I do it. And this is what goes on it. And she's like, oh, can I put a sticker? And yeah, we do all these. <laughs> so seeing, showing her the creative side of it rather than just the consumption side of it. Because yeah. I try myself, I, I, I made this little kind of affirmation to myself that I am a creator, mm. not a consumer. Yes, yes. So by putting that hat on as a creator, it's like, well, I create content. But I don't necessarily have to to, to, yeah, to consume it. Does it make sense? So now I've kind of and I'm trying to show her. Well, I like to create things that other mm, people like to watch them, mm, and mm. that for her has helped her because now she's got her own little app on her iPad. And Aww. in fact, the other day I, I had her sitting where exactly where you were. And I was doing some editing there, and she was <laughs> on the iPad. I didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, and she'd in in like a in like a Word document, but she was doing some scribbles, she figured out how to record her voice. Oh, wow. And how to upload a video <laughs> into the Word document. I love it. And, and <laughs> she had her headphones on and brilliant. I went out of the room and I came back and she was talking like she was doing a podcast. Yeah. And she had recorded it. Oh, on, bless her. She's role playing now. She figured it out. And I was, came and I was like, how did you do that? She goes, oh, I put a video here. She goes, oh, I've got some sound here. I recorded you. I didn't know she was recording me while... Yeah, you know, and I just thought that's brilliant. Like she's creating. Yeah. She's got a little camera and we go out, we take photos. So that's brilliant. I love yeah, that. I I don't know if that's right, right? I'm I don't know. I'm just right. doing what I feel like, well, how, what's the good way of framing this? Yeah. yeah. Without telling her it's bad because why am I doing it? Yeah. Right? And I'll explain to her at some stage the science behind why you should mm. look at screens and all of those things. But yeah, just trying to turn it into a, something where is something's positive and she's very creative you see yeah. she loves to draw and yeah. art. i mean all kids are right yeah. so yeah. trying to channel that and look she might turn around and one day go oh, i hate photography i hate videography but mm. right now it's something that she's into because i'm into it yeah and i'm not forcing it up on her and i'm just gonna see where it where it naturally I think takes that's her brilliant and you are because look and i think i always get questions like you know with screen times and screen times being bad and but they're here to stay Screen is here to stay and yeah. I think we have to embrace it. And there's a lot of 
good and positives that come from it, but it's exactly doing what you've done there in terms of, well, this is actually how I'm using it and this is why we do it and you're involving her and you're teaching her. So it's those good aspects of it and it's that consistent, you know, these are going to be lots of conversations you have with us. I mean, lots of teaching moments. It's not just this once off and then that's it. You're going to be doing lots of this and it's instilling it. How do you bring that in and develop a positive or healthy habit with it, yeah. which is what you're doing? Um because it is here to stay. And I think and I think it is scary because we maybe, you know, myself didn't grow up with it. And I think, you know, maybe older generations, maybe slightly younger started to grow up. But it's 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 new. It's new. And I mean, you've got four and five year olds that know how to do things. And I'm like, well, you teach me how to do this, <laughs> yeah. please. Um, but I think I think that's brilliant. Mm. I think that that's actually you're teaching her, modeling to her how to use it in a healthy way. Um and that's 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 where the magic lies with all of this, I think. And it's because because it's not bad, no. and it's here to stay. And I mean, got to stay two steps ahead when she gets older in terms of. But it's all these little conversations, the education around how it's healthy. You know how we can be with this, but in a healthy way. I think, like you said, yeah. you mentioned the word tools earlier. All of these things that we have in our lives, they're simply tools. Yeah. And like with any tool, you can use it in a positive way, yeah. or you could use it in in a, in a not so positive, yeah. way, a negative way. Yeah. Um, and I think. Technology, social media, absolutely is that. So I mean, look at us. We're here because of social well, media. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I think it's brilliant. It can be, you know, all the contacts, the people I've had on the podcast, you know, Ninesh, all the other people I've met. It's all been through social yeah. media. And that's a positive. Definitely. Right? And that's through me channeling it in a way to find like-minded mm. people, to find people that I want to talk to, to find people that are interesting. Mm. So you're right. And, and look. There's that that whole thing about it's going to be here to stay. It's not only is it going to be here to stay, it's going to dominate our lives in the yeah. future. It's going to dominate the future, whether you like it or not. I know. And and I had this conversation with Anisha because when I met her, she wasn't very tech savvy. Like she's yeah. just like, which is fine. Mm. Not everyone has to be. But there came a point where I said to her, "Listen, you you kind of have to embrace it." Yeah. Because and and this was the kick. I was like, "Do you want to be 50, 60, 70 and like the 50, 60, 70 year olds that you see now who don't know how to use a phone. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to be that person? It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's debilitating, yeah. isn't it? Like I, and yeah. I see it. I, we've been, we, over COVID, we've been doing our sessions remotely. And I, I see the, the 78 year olds struggling to use Zoom and struggling to get on the computer. And, you know, and, yeah. and that's sad because it's a part of, it's a fundamental part yeah. of life now. Yeah. And, you know, so I feel like embrace it. Learn how to use it. Learn just understand it. Yeah. So that when it is, uh, you know, when it when it when we are much later, you've at least got a basic grounding and understanding. Yeah. And that's my my take on it. Yeah. I think it's it's an important. It's yeah. An important no, definitely. I think it's not going to go away. And I think it can, if you if you think about the the, the positive aspect, like in terms of connection, actual fact. I mean. Fortnite or one of those games, I'm not, you know, I get a lot of those, has a bit of a bad, bad reputation. But um, and maybe it's not Fortnite. I don't know which one is like, <laughs> it wasn't Roblox. I'm sure it was Fortnite. I think it's Fortnite. I think it was Fortnite. Um, but a mum said to me, it's been so positive for her son. Okay. She said he's coming out of his shell. He is um, engaging. He's speaking up. He's more confident. They have rules around how he plays. So she has to have the door open. She's got to be able to hear him speak. He's got to be talking. But she said it's really helped build his confidence in terms of building those friendships at school that he necessarily wouldn't have done otherwise. And I think... But it's about the education and it's about 
us as the adults staying informed around it. And like you say, it's, I mean, even in terms of running a business and like how we saw with COVID, we just had no option. But I mean, things that we thought would never be able to take place online are now taking place online. Um, I can't, and I, remember, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but I remember thinking, oh, I never would have thought that that would have worked online, but it's working mm-hmm. online. Um, so yeah, it is about embracing it, but how do we model that in a healthy way, that it's not consuming us? Because I think the downsides of that is, well, I've definitely experienced it. And I do find that hard. I don't know if you find that hard, but in terms of you're on social media because you need to create but it's so easy to get lost in the consumption. Oh my goodness. And I don't know about you, but it's almost, I was talking to a friend, I said the other day, it's almost like there's a little switch that goes off when I know I've been scrolling too long. I can literally feel my mood drop. And that's like, oh, we've been on here too long. We've got to put it down. Yeah, I feel like, I, I literally can feel like yeah. my head's been sucked into the screen. Yeah. And, I, and I notice myself, you know, I'll go and go on and check, I don't know, if anyone, someone mm. replied to a message that I saw someone sent me a DM the other day and then you just, you, you do it. It's just, it's habit, isn't it? It's, it's just, just a so, habit. Oh. The thumb goes to that home button yeah. on the Instagram, you press home and then before you know it, you're scrolling. Yeah. And you're right. You kind of, I do now notice myself kind of going, oh, hold on a minute. I, I'm, I feel like it's almost like that time just went mm-hmm. and I've blacked out and I've woken up and, and that's how it feels now. Yeah. And it's yeah. that's scary. It's scary. When you realise it, mm. It's really scary, and I observe and I watch. I watch other people do it now as well. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating because it's just, yeah. yeah, the whole psychology behind social media and the whole <laughs> dopamine drive and oh. getting people to behave a certain way, it, it is worrying. But I feel again, this is why I feel like staying on top of it. Yes, exactly. Being aware of it, putting that mindset on that I'm a creator, not a consumer, helps me to. To become aware of yeah. it. And I still, st- yeah, I'm not perfect, so I yeah. slip into it, but it's getting a lot better. Yeah, it's yeah, better. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's hard. Yeah. So doing this helps me because yeah. it's like, I've got a reason. <laughs> you know, I've got a re- but it's true. I've got a reason to do it. I've got a reason. Yeah. And I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to, I've said this so many times, mm. I'll say it again. I'm not doing this to put, to get the likes and to get the hearts yeah. and to get the, the ad, ad, admiration. I'm doing it because I love it. Yeah. I'm doing it because I love you sitting down in front it. of people and speaking to people. Mm. Gosh, when I first started my podcast, it was all about face-to-face. Yeah. It was all about getting in front of people. Then COVID hit. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. do any of that. So now this is you're my first. Yeah. Well, actually, you're my second. Inesh was here. Um, yeah. And obviously I've had my wife. <laughs> but getting people in front of me, mm. I'm, this almost like feels I'm starting again. Yeah. Like, oh, this is why. I wanted yeah, to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is just a way for me to channel so that I get to do things that I enjoy. Um, it's a little bit like what you were saying earlier about following those breadcrumbs. Yes, and this is your red breadcrumb. This was my breadcrumb. You know, again, if you said to me five years ago when I was still living in Abu Dhabi before Liliana was born, that mm. in five years' time you're going to be sitting here in a stu- in your homemade studio mm. talking to people, interviewing with 50 episodes of, of, of a podcast. Yeah. I crazy. Yeah. Like, there's no that's, chance. Yeah. And but, you see, that's the thing, isn't it? <sighs> so now it's gone from producing a podcast to actually I quite like being behind the camera yeah. and creating for people. And now I've got clients who I'm creating reels and videos and YouTube mm. and blogs and and. I don't know where this is going to go. Like you say to me, well, why? I don't know. I'm, do you know what? I'm enjoying it. I'm getting a bit of money. It's like the fitness thing for you, right? It's like, yeah. I don't know where it's going to go, yeah. but there's something here that my intuition is saying, do this. Mm. I'm getting a bit of money for it as well, which is handy, especially when you've got another child coming yeah. on the way. And you know, all of these things, I'm like, 
I'm gonna just keep pulling at that, pulling at that string, and and, and seeing yeah. where it takes me. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 what I like. It's like sometimes the not knowing, which can feel so scary, but it's also like, well, what's the other way? Because um, I think our friend Simon had this quote. He said something in terms of, I'm not very good at remembering these things actually, by the way. But he said something like, if if there's uncertainty, there's possibility. So in in all and the uncertainty. There's like also the opportunity for lots of possibilities. And I read that resonated with me so much. And that's what I love. Like when things do feel like just sometimes like this, it's just like black or blank. It's like actually, but allow some of that mystery to come into play, you know, and the possibilities. He says something else as well about how the greatest leaps forward in your in your life has probably been off the back of the lowest moments yes the darkest moments yeah. again i'm, I'm misquoting yeah. him but he's right you know and i look back at my he, he talks about his story uh simon alexander ong if people are wondering mm. who we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> just, simon just chatting uh his book's just there I think. yeah um um next to michaela's there you go oh, michaela's yeah. Book. yeah i haven't read that yet michaela i'm, I'm gonna read it um <laughs> Yeah, so he he says about about you know how and I look back and think he's right you know if I look back at the darkest moments in my oh, life oh yeah off after those and in those moments if you said to me this is going to be one of the most pivotal moments in your life you're going to look back and, and thank this and yeah. thank yourself for this moment I'd be like, please like, yeah. just, just go away let me let me count oh, right yeah. right definitely, definitely but I look back and I think yes after those moments came the biggest leaps forward Mm, right so when you're in that period of uncertainty of course it's hard right it's hard if someone's just lost their job to say no this is the best thing that's going to ever happen to you right it's not that doesn't that's not what you want to hear at the time and it doesn't feel like that Mm. but you're right Mm. in those moments you just have to know and trust that i i this is getting a bit spiritual but i feel like i am getting a bit more spiritual as i'm getting older Mm. but i feel like that by being intentional by following intuition, by, you know, taking those steps, it's the universe will conspire mm. and think, mm. you know, things will work themselves mm. out. And I, mm. I truly, truly believe that mm. now, right? I, mm. I, I set off on this journey. Like I said, I was, oh, you know, I would like to do some video filming for some people. And then yeah. the opportunity was just there in front of me. Yeah. It's like, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't like someone came knocking on my door and said, hey, can you, but there was a, a calling. I was like, oh, maybe mm. that's, and I, and I just kind of pulled in that string. Exactly. And here I am, right? So, yeah, I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I can definitely. Actually, if I think about that, that's how I took Power Thoughts online. Because um, right. I had a client contact me in Australia years ago, who, funny enough, has just come back to me again and wanted me to work with their son again. So we were doing some work with them. It's great. And he was like, oh, we read about you in, in a paper. And I was like, how did that make it to Australia? But okay. <laughs> He's like, we'd love to you to work with our son. And I was like, how do I do this online? Mm. And I'd already had the idea, but because I'd been so, I think as a tutor as well, I'm there in person. How do I do things? I mean, Zoom was completely new to me. We talked about like, you know, five years ago. Um, and I made it work. And now that's all that I do. And it's, it's, and you know what I mean? So it's, and there's been so many moments like that, but you do, I feel need to be open to those opportunities too. You know, it's. You do. And also I think it's important that you've got to be open to the opportunities and if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Yeah. To that. Yes. Not being attached to it. That can be, that can really throw someone. And it's normal, right? You can, well, I'm going to try this. And if it doesn't work, it's, Mm. you know, it's difficult because it depends on the situation the person's in, right? I think, you know, some people have, you, know, you have a, you have a living, you've got to pay your bills, you've got to pay the mortgage. So you can't just sort of 
jump from thing to thing. But I think sometimes when you try something and it doesn't work, it's okay. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, Stephen uh, Bartlett talks about this, mm. in that the power is in quitting. Yeah. Like the power is in walking away yeah. and, and saying no. And, mm. and I think back to my career that I walked away from, mm. everyone was telling me you're crazy, <laughs> including my head, like including the, 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 the logical side of me. But the only thing that was telling me do it was my intuition. Yeah. My gut. Everyone was telling me well, you're crazy. Mm. You're walking away from, you know, mm. but it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing. And I'm glad you did. Yeah, I'm glad I did as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I did. And, and, and would I go back and change anything? This is the other thing, isn't it? It's about, I, I remember trying to, uh, when I was younger, thinking, I want to try and live my life without having any, having any, having any regrets. Mm. And not having regrets sometimes means I'm going to do that thing. Mm. And if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to have regrets because the regret would have been if I hadn't done that done thing. Done it, yeah. Like you said, it's like, when now is the time, right? Yeah. If I don't do it now and I don't end up mm. doing it, is this something later on I'm going to think back, ah. Well, that's the thing. That's what I feel too. And I was just like, and I, that's the same. I was like, cannot not do this right because i'm gonna get to a point where not not that i feel it's ever too late but i might be 80 and not in the best of space you know i'd like to be a very good like (laughs) definitely gonna be 18 and we're rocking it but i just think i don't want to look back and think oh i wish i wish i did that Mm. and that's a hard thing sometimes i think it's yeah, I, I was just like, no, I have to, you just have to give this a go. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so cheers to, good to us. Good to us, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you that question that I said I wasn't going to ask or you didn't like like being asked, but um, I'm going to ask you slightly differently. Mm-hmm. What is, where's the next breadcrumb? Where's it going? Um, oh, do you know what? I have actually been having a bit of a moment the last couple of weeks. Um, actually, in all full transparency, I had a bit of a meltdown yesterday. Really? <laughs> I did. Where I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Where's the next step? Um, and bless my husband. He was very, very compassionate and very supportive. Um, and I think you just have those moments. I think definitely, I think at the moment I'm trying to figure out how to make the business work for me in a better way. I think my my challenge is, is that I can get all consumed with it. And um, I know that there's more to Natalie than just power thoughts. So that's something that I've... And so I think for me, the next step is how do I make it work in a better way, but still have the impact that I can, mm. that I can with it. Um, so what that looks like, I'm not 100% sure at the moment. I know my breadcrumbs are definitely, so if I look at what makes me feel good, I think that's the next thing. It's like coaching right now. Thank you for this. <laughs> so the breadcrumbs there are, I love the corporate stuff that I'm doing, workshops with parents. I really get a buzz from it. Um, I enjoy it. I get, and it's not about the feedback, oh, that's so good, but I can see the impact that it's having. And I want more of that. Um, it's, it's a more more group group things at the moment. And then also looking at, yeah, I think it all comes down to group because I do miss the energy that you get in a group. Um, and the other aspect as well that has felt really good is being able to kind of challenge my energy. As much as I love working with kids, I still work with kids, I love that. But it is being able to spend some proper time with parents and supporting parents. Um, 
which I'm enjoying that as well. Yeah, so I think those are those are the breadcrumbs at the moment. Um, and seeing where that where that takes me, you never know with other opportunities that you don't think of that come my way. Um, well, like I just said, it's it's exciting. Yeah. You may not feel may not feel like yeah. it now. Yeah, but it's like ah. What comes on the other side of that? It, What's the well, plan? <laughs> just embrace embrace the journey exactly, um, and and have that. And yeah, yeah. I, I do believe that if you're putting, if you are, I don't, if you're, we talked about that feeling, right? That that mm. that feeling that you didn't have when you were when you were teaching, and the feeling that you had when you were doing spin art, and the same thing for mm-hmm. me. As long as you're getting that feeling, yeah, it doesn't have to be every day, right? I'm not saying I'm not going to claim to say I have that feeling uh, no. <laughs> every single day, um, but there are things that we can do. I'll talk. I'll share mine in a moment. Yeah. But just getting a sense of yeah, this is the right thing I'm mm. doing. I'm on the right path. Just if you can have a sense of that on a weekly basis, mm. then I think it will help. And I think for me, something I've started doing since the coaching that we we we, we went yeah. on um, is keeping a success tracker. Yeah. And mine's really simple, right? I do, as everyone knows, my day job is a health coach in a diabetes prevention program. So in a day, they're all group sessions. I'll probably speak to anywhere from 50 to 100 people. Wow. So depending on how many groups I have in a day. So all I do now, she's over there in my notepad, but I keep a tally. Mm. I just keep a check checklist of, of how many people have I spoken to I today. That. And at the end of the day, I'll look back and I'll top up the numbers and I'll write down a number. So 85. And then I'll write a sentence underneath saying, Sanjay, today you've improved the lives of 85. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Now I do that not to show off, Mm. right? I don't put on social media and go, hey, look at me. I've spoken to 85 people today. Change your lives, right? It's not not about that. (laughs) Uh, I don't share it. I don't show off to Anisha Mm. about it. It's purely so at the end of the day, when I read that and I write that down, it tells me that I have done something good something positive, something that, that feeling that we talked about, yeah. that gives me that feeling Yeah, that if out of 85 people, if one person's listened to me mm. and it's improved their life, mm. even by half a percent, mm. I'll take it. It's mm. a win. Yeah. And by reminding myself of that, no matter how shitty the day's yeah. been, no matter how, what's happened in that day, whether I've had an argument with Anisha or something else happened, it's raining, whatever it is, right? <laughs> I haven't gone out from a run. That at the end of the day mm. just grounds me and makes me feel actually. Do you know what? Life's yeah, life's alright. Yeah, you've, you've got something good here. Mm. Um, so that's my other tip: is just for people to keep a success tracker, just yeah. to track what are the wins in your days because there are there. They are there. Oh, they absolutely they are. are there. And we did this in the coaching. Was it was a slice of success? Mm. And you know, yeah. people struggle. We say, I, I said, well, what have you any achievements since I saw you? Well, uh, you know, not much has happened. You hit a like, blank. Like, yeah. Something has happened. Something yeah. positive has happened. And look, I get it. There's not going to be positive things all the time. But mm-hmm. the smallest things, right? Mm-hmm. I said to me recently, it could just be the sun shining today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much better? I'm, I'm sure you yeah. like me. It's feeling better when the sun shines. Yeah. Right? I know I do. Yeah. So yeah. that has been a big, big game changer for me just to just to sp- have that. It's a practice, isn't it? It is. Feeling good yeah. is a practice. Yeah. It is. The more you can find ways to feel good, and even if that's just looking outside and smiling when the weather's mm. good or mm. having a success tracker, mm. that makes me feel good at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, and I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure that will lead to to, to, to better things in the future. Yeah. It even inspired me because I know I, I did start doing that and then I kind of fell off the bandwagon there with that one. But I think I, I, do, I do that quite a lot mentally, like at the end of good. the day in terms of 
whose lives did I improve and what did I do today? And I think especially, I think in terms of that feeling good, and it does come down to gratitude. I think, so I, I talk a lot to myself, so I probably look really crazy, but I talk a lot to myself. And, um, clap, don't worry. And I, but I do find, you know, like just in terms of just taking stock. And so, I mean, this week when I've been a little bit in my cloud, I don't know where this cloud has come from, but it's here and it will pass again. Um, it's, I really had, like, there's been lots, I'll just go for a walk and I'm like, first of all, look up. Let's not look down. Let's look up. Um, and actually listing those things of who have I spoken to, what conversations have I had? And like, this might sound a bit morbid, but even just being like, hold on, everybody in your family is healthy right now. And I do sometimes do this and I'm like, how different would I feel right now if touch wood, you get a phone call and something's happened to somebody that I really love. Instantly, I'm going to be like, I wish I was back there with those little trivial problems I'm creating in my mind. You know, and I do, that sounds so morbid, but I do use that a lot to come back. I mean, like, hold on, things are actually really good. Things are really good. And let's look at all of those good things, those little things that you just take for granted. Um, Because I'm sure, you know, like we, there's definitely been moments in my life where things have just turned upside down in an instant and you don't really, like, it just completely shifts perspective on, like, what's important and what's not. But why do we have to wait for those moments? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're so right. And to me, the power in that is, it's that self-motivation, isn't yeah. it? It's just, for me, say, writing that sentence down at the yes. end of each day makes me feel like wanting to do that again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I if I ended the end if I ended every day and wrote down well t- this today's been crap mm. nothing's happened it's raining it's you know, <laughs> uh, direct debits have been coming out you know left right and center then I'm gonna uh, feel terrible I'm gonna feel miserable then yeah. it's, it's a practice but just by acknowledging that you know what mm. I've done I've, I've, I've done, I've done this. something good and mm. it happens the other way around sometimes where I will will be having a, a crappy day and I will be feeling you know like you mentioned the cloud it's there. And then someone will say someone something. Yeah. Like someone yes. the, at the end of a coaching session will just write in the comments in the in the mm-hmm. team's chat. That was that was wonderful. You've been you've really helped me out or what whatever it is, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forget yeah. that oh, actually oh. I'm doing something good and other people are, are, mm-hmm. are happy because of what I'm doing. Yeah. And and I think that that can be quite powerful. Yeah. I'm sure you've had it. I've talked about the story when I was teaching spin classes and yes. you know the lady comes up to me who's never spoken to me ever and says I've been listening to you you know you've you've really helped me change my life and uh, I was like this is it this is what I want to do yeah and that was yeah, it yeah yeah and I think don't underestimate like the the power of those small little steps that actions that you can do yeah. I think even because sometimes we think it's like this grand thing but actually just listening to someone or a comment that's a, and I also feel like sometimes not getting onto social media but in a way the amount of times people have said to me, and again, I'm not putting the tips out there to get the that like admiration of that, but then they say, you know what, what you put up has really, really helped me today. That is so meaningful because I'm like, yeah, I've helped. I've made like a change or a difference. Um, it's a lot different than just 
ha, just liking yes. a post, right? Yeah. You, you get yeah. likes all the time, but when someone actually yeah. takes the time to yeah. write to you and say, yeah. this has been impactful yeah. and powerful. Yeah, because I actually got a message, maybe I shared that in the group, of a mum who I've never worked with before, never met. She left a random comment on one of my posts saying, I've been following your tips for a while and I use them to take my daughter out to ride a bike. Um, her daughter had some sort of condition, so it was it was more challenging. And she's like, but these tips are really well. I just want to say thank you. And I was like, I started crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that. I'm like, here I am beating myself up. Da, 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 da. And look at the difference. It doesn't take a lot. No. Um, yeah. So, But I need to get back on doing that and writing it down. Do it. I do. do mm, I've got two tasks to do. <laughs> <laughs> Portuguese. <laughs> All right, my task's done. Yeah. <laughs> um. You just mentioned something which I was thinking about earlier. I want to briefly touch on it. Um, is that sometimes with children, there's, I mean, is that, I guess the question is to you, where's the fine line between someone that just maybe needs a little bit of coaching and guidance and when there's a serious kind of mental health issue? Is that something you come across? Or? Yeah, I mean, and I'm quite transparent with parents. I always right. say, you know, look, I'm a coach. Um, whilst what a background psychology, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counsellor. Right. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the, whenever I talk to, I always talk to parents first because I want to find out what the challenges and the concerns are. Um, and just yesterday I had a conversation with a lovely couple who had explained, you know, the challenges they had with their son. And I said, look, I feel my tools and strategies and insights will help, but, and I'm no position to diagnose because that's not what I do either. But for my, all my experience as a teacher and what I've seen in the classroom and, you know, they, they mentioned a few things. I was like, would it be more beneficial that I put you in touch with a therapist or a counsellor and somebody that can kind of look under the hood here before you come and work with me? Um, and, I mean, there's been cases where parents have said, no, we know there might be something, but we first want the coaching strategies and support. Um, so I do feel it's – and I'm for me, integrity is a big thing. I don't ever want to proclaim, yeah, I can do X, Y, and Z – and I can't. Um, and, you know, there have been cases parents said, you know, my child's very obsessive or anxious. I'm like, okay, some of these tools will help, but I do not specialize in obsessive compulsive disorder. That's not, you know, I, I'm not a specialist in anxiety either. So you've got to know what you're working with. And I guess then it's at the parents' discretion of do they still, you know, some parents have gone ahead. Um but I do feel, yeah, it's, you know, I'm always for me, I just feel like You've got to know what what I can do yeah. and what I can support in. And these are tools to help in general. This is not focused on a specific thing. And I mean, I remember once there was um, a client, a teenager, he was older, so I had a call with him. And bless him, he really, really had a tough time with anxiety um, to the extent of not wanting to leave the house. Um, and I said, you know, and I, you know, I was compassionate gave him some strategies to say, but I'm not the person you're going to get better support from the support that you need right now yeah. from other things. But it is, yeah, it is a... It's a fine line. It's a it? fine line. And I think what makes it so hard now is, and we spoke about this previously outside, is because of lockdown, the natural, like, emotional resiliency I think that children would have developed by going to school, not getting along with a friend, making mistakes, being shouted about teacher, da, 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 all those, like, wobbles that builds their resiliency, that's not, they've not had the opportunity to sure. develop that. And so when now we're back at school, but now you're seeing kids in year two, year three that have got, like, real big separation anxiety that you'd see in nursery and reception. Mm. Um, so I do think 
I, I, I totally think, look, we'll get through this. It's just us managing our expectations and maybe the benchmarks of where we'd expect them to be emotionally wise, not in all cases, but just know that if things are a little bit out of character, that that's okay. There's nothing, I, I would, there's nothing wrong. I think there's a lot, just taking stock, there's a lot going on um, that maybe would lead to children, you know, struggling, like managing to cope at school and like the overwhelm and the pressures of school. And they've not had that for two years. Friendships, social skills, um, I think just trying not to read too much. Yeah, we're, we're it's very, a fine line. We're very quick in society mm, to label things, yeah. especially now with kids. It's like, oh, they're, they're, got, they're on the spectrum. Yeah. Right? Suddenly, if they're the one behavior that's like, oh, you're on the ADD spectrum, or they're this, or they're this. It's like, mm. well, hold on a minute. It could just be... It could be a like, lot of things. It could be a lot of things, right? It could yeah. just be life. It could just be... Mm. Well, yeah, so I agree. I think it can be can be a tricky, yeah. a tricky um, line to, uh, to, to be aware mm. of. But yeah, I love the fact that you... You know the honesty. I think, yeah, for me, I, th- I feel like people respect you more for what you when you admit you don't know something yeah. for when compared to when you do know something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I turn people away all yeah. the time, and it's and I'm sure you find your work with well with coaching as well. Like, I'm not for every person. No. Just like every client is not for me. And energetically, if there's not the right fit, yeah. that's okay. And yeah, you know, for me, at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to ever say oh, I can do that. And I always say, look, these tools are not magic. And it's as much as what you, the work starts when I leave. Mm. I'm not there when they have the meltdowns and when you're having your meltdown, like it starts when I go. But at the end of the day, I'm also, I know what the, and if I feel, and again, well, how do I know? I don't know, but I can just go by my gut and so far it's served me really well over the five years and the work and the impact that I've had. If I get that inkling, I'll instantly say, look, yeah. don't know, maybe, you know, this is this is what I can do. And that's, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I love that, what you said there about, you know, the work starts when I go. Because oh, yeah. it's something, something I use as well. And I say, I say <laughs> it the hard work is when you leave, when you go home today. Yeah. Right, because that's when you need to be applying mm. this stuff. That's when you need to be taking action. And that's mm. when I'm not there. Exactly, exactly. And that's actually just, I don't know if I'm going from tangent here, but that's where I've actually, didn't talk about one of the things I've started to introduce, because you asked me, do I work with kids, do I work with parents to do together? So in a way, I do work with them together, where I then pre-record material that I get parents and children to work through Mm. together. And that has been really impactful. I mean, I initially did it to free up some of my time. But I quite enjoy it and the results and the impact that parents are getting where parents are saying it's allowing us to have conversations that I never knew my child felt like this at playtime. But the question you asked and when you asked us to discuss it and then do the activities, that's like open up a minefield of stuff that we've not even finished the session. We're going to come back and finish it tomorrow. And I think that's when I'm more there in those moments because then te- parents get the full insight into how they can support their kids yeah fascinating i want to ask you yeah about how you stay whole so <laughs> this podcast is called stay whole mm. and it's all about just trying to bring ourselves back to whatever being whole means to you you know how do we how do we stay on track how do we manage you know life so what are your kind of non-essential i think i know what your answer is <laughs> what are your non-essential habits uh, 
that help you to stay on track and stay whole? Uh, definitely exercise, 100%, and has to be done in the morning, um, majority of the time, and home going after this, <laughs> this afternoon. But exercise, to me, is more of a mental, it's, it's mental health. Mm. If I don't, I notice the impact immediately. Um, it can have a big impact on my mindset. And I think what I have noticed my anxiety tends to be louder in the mornings. Um, and so I know that, okay, if I get out, if I go for a run, if I go to the gym, I'm going to come back, I'm going to feel so much better. So that's a non-negotiable. Definitely some form of mindfulness or meditation. What I have been doing the last year is um, I've signed on to this program that's all around um, hypnosis programs, around working a lot with your inner child, and that's been really, so they call them the deep imaginings. It's, um, and that's been really, really good. And there's some journaling prompts there. And it's, yeah, it's really fascinating. So I love doing that in the mornings if I can as well. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, another non-negotiable is, which I didn't always do, but it's, we definitely do it now, is actually... And it sounds so silly, but I really took my husband for granted in the beginning of the business. And I think that relationship has what's kept me steady. Mm. And I think, in, you know, investing in that is something that that is probably the biggest non-negotiable. Um, well, one of the biggest, you know, it's, my mental health is still there. <laughs> my, my mental health is number one. But that's... It's, you know, it's that, yeah, well, they go back, actually, they go together. But it's, and I think that that's, that's something that's really important, finding the time to grow together. Because yes. I think that that's what I struggle. I think, not that we were growing up, we're just, well, you do, different. don't you? You do. You yeah, do. Yeah, it's different. You, you do. Different lives. And mm. it's, it, can, it can feel like that sometimes. Mm. And I think that's, that's, again, great awareness that mm. you've come to that realization that actually this is a really important part of the process. And um, it's one of the reasons that uh, I, me and Anish did it. We did the first round of coaching. Yeah. We did it together as a couple. Ah, wow. you know, we, we both did it because I felt like there's no point me going on this yeah. coaching and changing my life and, you know, doing all these uh, positive, yeah. find my purpose and all of that stuff. And she's just doesn't, mm. I'm, I'm trying to relate to a third hour. Mm. And I know what she's like. She's well, she's lived with a personal trainer long enough. She never does what I say anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, well, come and hear it from the, from the horse's mouth. Mm. And, and that's been so transformative yeah. for us because we kind of, I feel like I understand her more. Yeah, well, definitely. I completely understand her in a different mm. way that I didn't realize before. Mm. So I totally understand that. And yeah. I think it's so powerful. Yeah, so that's one. And then I think one that I, <laughs> it is it is the switching off from work. So making, and, you're not, and, and that's the hard thing, I think, running your own business. You never really fully switched off. But how do I carve out that time Um you know, so play is important. Like we've started like ping pong and like silly things like that. And like just even being a tourist in London, um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big. It's just that downtime is really important. I mean, I'd love to do paddle boarding because, but I don't really fancy falling in the lakes. Sorry, I want to be in the sea. Uh, so that that's my challenge. Uh, that's a bit of the challenge is still finding something that I can do more regularly. Um, and the other thing, connection connection and I think we've spoken about this before that keeps me whole because um 
whilst I love being in my own company and always like Sam, like, what do they call it? An, an omnivert. I think you're, yeah. So I was going to say omnivert. Is omnivert or omnivert? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Omnivert. I think it's omnivert. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> mess it up. Sorry. But it's, you know, you're not extroverted, you're not introverted, you're a bit of both. And I definitely find I do thrive when I'm in company of others as well. Um, so that would be that would be my my whole. Yep, I have to say, connection is the key to fulfillment. Mm, it is. Well. Uh, so I 100 <laughs> resonate with that. Yeah, um, I've loved connecting with you. Oh, I've um, loved it. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, I think we've had so many conversations. Mm. And, you know, it just it, it it's nice to. It's not that I want to only be surrounded by people that think like me or like minded, but it's just just sometimes when you're on this journey, mm. it feels lonely. Yeah. yeah. It feels lonely. And when you speak to someone and you think, oh, well, they're going through the same thing. Oh, they're thinking the same thing. Oh, they're having the same struggles and they're still struggling with social media. You know, all of those <laughs> things like, it's not just me. It's that there's that common, that shared experience. Yeah. We're all going through it. And I think that's that's mm. that's really key. But um, I think the work that you're doing is, is phenomenal. Thank I think you. just, you know, taking care of the mental health mm. of future generations, the parents who are struggling. I think that's such an important tool, mm. which, you know, our parents didn't have when yeah. they were, when they were coming through, when they were navigating through life. So, I think it's wonderful. Thank you. Um, where can people find out more about what you're doing, what you're up to? Where can they watch your wonderful? We didn't even talk about your TV appearances and, and they, <laughs> where can they where can they learn more about all that? Uh, so I'm on Instagram a lot. So Power Thoughts NC. Um, my website, obviously, PowerThoughts.co.uk. I have been um, experimenting with LinkedIn. I'm really enjoying LinkedIn. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with that. So I think that's just Natalie Costa Power Thoughts. Natalie Costa, my name. Um, so those are the main places I hang out. Um, and then, yes, I'm a super tutor for BBC Bite Size. So that was around emotional well-being. So we did some stuff last year. Amazing. Um, so there's some stuff there. Yeah. Excellent. Well, go and check it out. I think you'll learn lots <laughs> and lots. There's lots of free stuff on your website. Yeah, well. there's loads of free things, lots and lots of free stuff as well. And lots of videos on Instagram. I do need to start a YouTube channel. Yes. I'll contact you for we'll that. that. We'll put that in the we'll comments. We'll put a Lily for that. <laughs> yeah, put her for that. Set it up for me. Yeah, she'll, she'll be all over that. Uh, Natalie, oh, thank you so much. Thank it's been you. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much.